Hello and welcome to the weekly dad class, the only place you can come to define these titans <laughs> of gaming and anime. Dad class, welcome to our class. class. Yeah, welcome to the dad class where you'll learn finally mm, how to be a proper father from us. Fa- you'll father learn how to be a real zero. father. Father of zero, as far as I know. Uh, we don't know what you've got going so. on. I would hope not. There's no true way to keep track. You don't. <laughs> Lewis is able to breed. Yeah, that's the scary part. <clears throat> anyway, today we have a special guest with us. A madman with a dice of fate makes you roll for your life. It's the game master, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we have another man, a legend. He can tell you what any anime is from at least 0.3 seconds of one of its cuts. It's the Sokka Gaguru. Skylar. That's me, I guess. Hi, I'm here. It's me. I'm Skylar. How's it going? I guess. Embrace your identity. And lastly, it's with you always, it's your local villain, Claude. Alright, so... How's it going? I What's up? Like I said, we have our... Wait, what? What happened? What was happening? I didn't know if you were about to say something. Oh, no. I just said, well, hey, what's up? Low Energy Podcast oh. today. James and I here. Everyone... Yeah, James is dead. Um... And that's the end of that story. Yeah, he ain't coming back ever again. <laughs> he had an unfortunate Brian, accident yeah. behind a Burger King. Uh, apparently, they put they threw away a bunch of rat poison along with their burgers. So you know, yeah, we 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 left him as he was. He was <laughs> he 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 was really trying to you know do that one gag from Always Sunny, you know the one with the uh, the sex in the dumpster, and you you'll never know how they you'll you'll you can never guess how they use the. Leftover buns. Yeah. Spooky. I mean, yeah, it's it's what he would have wanted, though. He died as he lived, just surrounded by trash. As a dumpster Eating lord. Trash. As a dumpster lord. When it, dumpster lord will be canon one day. Mark I really ways. hope so. Like I invest a lot of money into dumpster lords. <laughs> <I'm sure> <laughs> wouldn't that defeat the purpose of, of like? Wouldn't that defeat like the ethos of of dumpster lords, though? Like, where, where would I the money go to? I just wanted James to eat trash. <laughs> but where where would the money go? You invest money. I, in I don't care, man. <laughs> a new blanket, homeless socks. <laughs> I don't know what he needs. <laughs> I like I like the idea sure, that it, sure it, it, it it would just be like more advanced diving gear. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Was he like a some... salvager or something like that, like yeah. a deep sea diver, but for dumpsters? Yeah, you had some, some one of those like you know. Suction cups for the side of a dumpster, so it's easier to get out. You know, just put on his hands, so he's like Spider Man his way out of the dumpster. <laughs> How do you feel if you were like, all right, one day, you know, you go to the dump, you gotta throw away some old couch or something like that, and James is like a seasoned veteran of like of the dumpsters, <laughs> or not the dumpster? He, he's graduated from the dumpsters, dumpsters, and went to landfills. Yeah, <laughs> he's just living in like Meteor City. Yeah, but but he's swimming through it like diver down. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I, I feel like that would be imp- I would be I would be impressed, and I'd be happy that James finally found where he belongs. <laughs> Skylar, James you, belongs you to, in the trash. Yeah, Skylar, you go to drop something off at your dumpster, and you hear some kind of crinkling above you, and James in a fucking cardboard, just in a cardboard box suit, just swings down on a web of grime, 
Hello there, Skylar. It's your friendly neighborhood dumpster lord. What you bringing for me today? And I, and I like the idea that he's like an RPG vendor. You go to like, like, <laughs> like and he's like, what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> it's a secret to everybody. God, that's terrifying. <laughs> this is, Thank this you. is terrifying. That, that by yes. the way, that noise is completely forever ruined for me because it's um uh Eris the Tekken Tekken streamer. It's his sub noise. Mm-hmm. So I forever I can no longer associate that with RE4. Like just that like laugh where he says thank oh, you. Oh really? Now it's because it, now it's him? Now it's his thing, yeah, because it, it's it's his like sub um He does have his, good his stories though, thing. so that's not that bad. Yeah, it is true. I fucking love Eris's stream. He's the best. You remember you see that stream he had with like Another streamer. I saw the clip of it where he's talking about how he caught some dude like beating off in the library and he got yeah, the police yeah. on him. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Fucking yeah. <laughs> That's some I, motherfucker right there. <laughs> I, I I just really love all the fucking like dumb non sequitur bullshit where he like he like be in the middle of like watching some Tekken matches and then he'll stop for like fifteen minutes just to like I'm gonna do commentary on this handshake. Look at this handshake, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Uh, anyway, we should probably start this podcast. We're still in the intro. Yeah, section. we should actually probably start the podcast. So I forgot we were on. All right. Um, so first things first, we have a fan question. If you want to send us a fan question, don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send us a fan question, send it in to uh, Skylar. Where did they send it into? Oh God, you 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 forgot, and then you asked me because you thought I remembered, but I don't. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do it again. It's either weeklydadcast at gmail.com <laughs> or it's officialdadcast at gmail.com. Send it to both. I'm sure we have both of those email addresses. Yeah. James is gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> James, James is already mad. He's, you know, James, James is mad when there's the, James is mad when he doesn't get enough honey mussy in a sippy cup, right? There's, there's no placating this. It's true. This creature. Yeah, that so, we've come uh, to associate with the dad cast. But spending your day in the car factory is also enough to make you mad anyway. I thought he was in the landfill. Practicing with his stand. <laughs> so if if James had Diver Down, it wouldn't be called Diver Down. It would be called something else. But what 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 what, what would it be called? What would the name of Oof. it is it does the same thing, but what would the stand be called? Mm, Louis trying to think of a song that involves like trash. We gotta. We can't have too much dead air, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's, 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 there's tons of shit you could have, like. <laughs> uh, total trash. What is that? Who by who? Sonic. You guys, you guys, you guys, I don't know nothing about that. You, you, you could say like it's like the, the like it could just be garbage, like the band garbage. <laughs> Actually, no, I got it. The correct answer is White Trash Freaks by Rob Zombie. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to bring up. White Trash Circus by Motley Crue. By Motley yeah. Crue. That's I like that one. Good. James's stand is White Trash Circus. That's this that's canon now. We do. Okay. It. Um. So as far as our first fan question goes, uh, is it I our first or do we have? Well, I don't even know. Uh, oh wait, what? Do, do is it? Or is there only one, or do we have multiple? We I only have it's, one. It's from Derek. First and, says, and only. If you could resurrect any game franchise, what would it be? I feel like we might have had that one before, but I mean, hey, it's popular. It's it's a very popular topic. The idea to just bring back one of your favorite game franchises. 
Yeah. Right, well, 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 Lewis also, ha- Lewis. Lewis also hasn't been on before, so if we have had it, then he'll be a new, a man, new answer. Mm. A game franchise go. that I'd love to bring back. I'm going to be honest, I would really love uh, the Armored Core series to come back. Yeah, that's a good answer. Spe- well, speaking of... Is it really you- dead? It hasn't there hasn't been a new game in like like almost a decade. No, but there's isn't there a spiritual successor in a sense? Uh, well, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say like, ha- have you played the the Demon Next Machina demo? Because that hmm. on the Switch. Because uh, that's game. Well, you know made I don't by... have. A, you know I'm saving up for a Switch. Why you gotta tease me like this? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that game made by um a bunch of uh ex armor core devs. And it has mecha design done by the person who, who designed the mecha for like Macross. Um, there's a demo that came out on the Switch after the direct last week, and I, I mean, I guess we, we we might get into it a bit later. But that is an armored core ass armored core game so far. I might, I might take a look at that. But just to let you know, the most the latest armored core game to come out was Armored Core Five Verdict Day in Verdict 2013. Day. Yeah. So six years since the last armored core game. And Verdict Day wasn't that good. I'll be real. Nah, it wasn't. Armored Core 5 changed the whole movement system and such. Yeah. 4 Answer is the best one, which is sucks because uh, that game runs like shit sometimes. <laughs> like, that, that, that one has the best gameplay shit, but man, that frame rate. It's bad. It's bad. So there's there's, there's some levels that. that run at like 5 frames per second when you're doing like the uh, the, the Armored Fortress assaults. How? Or because essentially it's like the game has so many systems because it's like, okay, so you, you have your mecha that you make, right? And you like attach parts to it. And it, it's so in depth that it's like the game lets you, if you really want to fuck with the handling, some of the parts you can add onto it are literally just weights. And you can attach weights to different sides and parts of your mecha to affect its like handling in the air. Uh, so if you wanted to be able to pivot in a specific way, you could add a certain amount of weight to one side versus another, and it's nuts. So there's a, so 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 much of that system shit happening in the background of like making sure the physics and the, the everything you customize works well. That when you do some of the other missions that have like really really big like things that you're fighting, and you just can't keep up. There's like the the, the missions that run that poorly are just the ones that I so said like I think they're called like armor arms forts arms forts yeah and those missions just run like shit because it's like you have to Literal fight metal gears in some instances well they're like like metal gears that are like fucking towering like basically it's like what if a metal gear was just like taller than the entire the entirety of New York City like because that arms fort that you fight if you remember it it's in the desert the first one. Yeah, the very first like, one. It's uh, it's a carry. It's it's essentially it's, two aircraft car. It's three aircraft carriers piled on top of each other with giant crab legs. Jesus. But it's it's bigger than that because it's like you. Oh wait, let me say. Rick, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you not sequester yourself in your own private abode so that you cannot be interrupted, Skylar? But in any case, I'll continue as I play. Yeah, because well, yeah, massive, <laughs> and it was. It was intense fights because uh, sometimes the arms forts fights would take forever to do. Yeah, they, they, that one takes a long time. The first one. No, it doesn't take that long. 
Well, I mean, it took it, t- it took me a while because it was the entire time it was running at five frames per second. So it was. I guess oh, fair enough. Fair enough. If you run five frames per second, it's it's gonna take a while. But the thing is, I can tell you that they're not well optimized because I tried emulating some of the older Armored Core games, and oh boy, will they just not cooperate? Yeah. But in any case, um, because like Claude, I, for a sense of scale, that first one that you fight, so your mecha when you fight enemies, tanks are like ankle size up to you, right? That um. Mm-hmm. And this first arms fort is like something like twenty to thirty times taller than your mech. It's crazy. Is this thing like fucking like Ark Gurenlagen? It's yeah, dude. It's like and when I say like it's like a thing where you're fighting it in like a bombed out city in the desert, and it is like five to six times taller than the skyscrapers that are like underneath it. It's insane it's how massive. fucking big this thing then is. Then again, there are smaller ones. There's one mission where yeah. you're just fighting like twenty arms forts, but they're like maybe only twice your size. Yeah, and that's the one where they're all on the water, right? No, no, they're in like a they're in a desert. Oh yeah, I remember that one. And there's also the one that's like a giant ass, um, like radiation cone. Yeah, oh, God, don't me. Dude, you're giving me fucking PTSD on that fucking. Yeah, that one. That oh, one is that bad because that was another one shit. that that one, that's another one that runs really bad, and that was also not as easy as the for as the first one. So I, that was the one I never beat because the game again, five frames per second, and that and that one is hard. So I I could I I couldn't even know what the fuck was going on. They even had a train heist uh mission where one of the arms where it was just literally a giant fucking yeah, train, and you had to cool. enter. You had to enter from the back and fight your way up to the front to destroy like its caboose or its For, for answer was really cool. It had, it had some shit with like um the the mission structure where like you had like choices for missions that would have like implications on missions you could do in the future. Like genocide. Remember, yeah, that, I I did that one. I did that mission because I didn't understand what we were doing, and we literally did like colony drop shit. Where we went to the air and we basically like destroyed a colony to drop it onto the earth, and I was like, "Oh wait!" It was like, yeah, it was it was it was during the briefing. I was like, "That doesn't sound too bad, I guess." And then during the when it was mission was happening, I was like, "Oh no, I didn't realize I'd actually be committing genocide in this mission." Your, your little like operator that wait, tell, like ac- you, accidental genocide is a thing. Yeah, so straight up, so like in in the plot, all the all the civilians live in these colony ships that are flying above like way up high in the atmosphere for this mission you go up and shoot them out of the sky yeah you basically you take a colony and you just destroy it and drop it like literally like literally a colony drop from like a uh, gundam you kill one billion people and then your operator who's like always gives you intel it's like this is this is too much and she just bails she, yeah, she bails leads, on you this leads to the hardest mission in the game where in the my favorite mission in the game it's so much fun so in the very immediate mission after this, you and the guy who like called you to help him kill all these people, you two are going to a base, and then it's a trap when the two sides that are warring against each other team up to kill you. And you have to fight yeah. four. It's a it's four like, on yeah. two, or if you're on hard difficulty, it's a five v two. Yeah, it's four v two and your buddy guy almost always dies instantly. Jesus. So it's, <laughs> it's really hard, but it, it's, it's also it's a five. Sorry, it's a four v two, and it's not even like like the missions doesn't even start with the with the trap. It's like it's like basically we're gonna go take over this base, and then you actually have to take over the base. That is the first part of the mission where you have to go destroy all the turrets and beat all the guys in the base. And they're like, "Yeah, I did it." And then after that, when you're like deplete, when you're like low on ammo because you just did the shit, it's like now it's time to do a four v two against all these bull against all this shit uh and it's it's super intense the level's really good 
it's a really fun level. Okay. Uh, uh, well, so what series would lo- you like to revive, Skylar? Uh, um, I I guess my answer I don't even really because like, I feel like all the shit that I would say are is back now. Like the MC Five is back. Resident <laughs> Resident Evil is doing good. Like I'd say that would be my meme answer. I guess my I guess I'd say my answer now is um Silent Hill. Oh. I would yeah. really want Silent Hill to come back uh, directed by handled by people that care about it. That would be really cool. Like, it, the thing it that almost made me existed. Was that I was not aware until you guys told me about it later that um <clears throat> uh Junji Ito was part of that. I did I did not know that until you told me. Which I feel like you 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 would be better not knowing at this point, like because they just yeah. twist the knife even more. It was a dream team. It really was. I, I it was so it was so sad because it was a thing where I I got in on PT and all that shit like on the ground level. I literally that played the I downloaded the demo the night it was announced and played it in the morning, and when I woke up, uh, the thing after and I was like at right there when people were like you know when someone beat the thing and was like oh fuck this is the trailer for Silent Hill. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it was all snatched <laughs> away from me. By Konami. Fully taken away. <laughs> By Konami. It's fucking cursed. This or this timeline is cursed. Uh, what about you, Claude? <laughs> what would you bring back? Uh, my answer is always the same, because I know it will never, under any circumstances, come back in, in the matter that it, that it was initially in. It was Freedom Fighters. I played it for the Xbox. Foo Fighters? And, I don't even know what huh? that is. I'm, 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 I'm going to be real. I've talked about it before, but all right. So Freedom Fighters was a game that was basically Mario Brothers with guns, which is what? just you were two New York plumbers, and Russia invades the U.S., and they <laughs> dominate us. And it's like, well, fuck. And the plumbers are like, we're, we're the Freedom Fighters now. You know, you know, regular mentions. That's not why I cared about the game. What I cared about was the multiplayer, and the way it would work was there were five bases, right? And we'd all, I'd, I'd have my friends, we'd play, you know, four-player co-op, um, <clears throat> all split-screen, uh, two teams. And what we would do is, like, all right, I think each person's allowed to summon up to eight NPCs. Uh, so you would take a base, and once you take a base, you would summon a certain number of them. And what you needed to do was, like, you know, of course, one of those games where the longer you hold a base, the more points you get. Um... So you'd have two teams, basically, with, like, you know, one person each, and then, like, up to eight NPCs. You decide who's going to guard where, who's going to move with you, who's going to attack what. Um, This this is all third-person shooter. And, like, I, as far as shooters go, I cannot think of a single shooter that I put more time into than I did with that with my friends over the summer. And I love that game so much. But because of how everything's, you know, as Jim Sterling would say, live services. Like, I can't do his fucking voice. But um, <laughs> everything's a multiplayer. Like, everyone has to do everything. Like, there's no way that type of game would exist in a four-player format with you controlling NPCs. That would never happen again. Because that is a title that I don't even remember what studio did it, but they were under EA. And EA will never do that again. So Freedom Fighters is fucking dead. It was IO Interactive. No, you looked it up? Yeah, I did look it up. Yeah. I also looked it up. This Oh, that's another actually- company that used to make the cool. Hitman games. Made it. So they're, like, dead as fuck. So, so yeah. in regards to you, in regards to you saying um, like first person or third person where you control NPCs, mm-hmm. um, a game did. I, I hesitate to say recently because I acknowledge what time it is twenty nineteen. A game like that came out kind of similar, but not exactly. 
the whole premise was that you had your crew with you, and mm-hmm. they would like go around, smash stuff, and upgrade themselves so they could better like assist and help you. Smash stuff? What are you talking about? Uh, there was a game called Smash and Grab. Oh, that was literally. Oh, that was, that was I, I, that was an almond right? that, that, that like yeah. died or something. I it died. Uh, it, it came out open beta, and then two months later, the studio went bankrupt. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, it sucked. I remember when that happened. I didn't know it was me by Boss Key. <laughs> Damn rip. Rest it had that sort of similar thing that you said, Claude. Uh, it had the NPCs that would go with your character and like assist you where you could. Yeah, that was that was that was so much of my childhood. Just playing Fury, Freedom Fire, Smash Bros, Fancy Star Online, episodes one and two for the GameCube. Uh, those are really? the those are the regular ones that oh and Star Wars Battlefront, Last Battlefront two, um oh man those are that those were like the big ones because it was like me and like four friends we played games all the time so we'd only ever really play four player games, but uh, yeah that's that's it for me. <clears throat> so with that done, we're gonna go into weeks. Lewis is our guest. Why don't you kick it off? Why don't you tell us about how your week was? Uh, my week was a combination of quite a bit stressful but also a lot pretty inspiring um we finally got into our projects for class so i'm i've just been diving in getting into that and that's been pretty fun so far um my school had a graphic designer very famous graphic designer come in to talk with us and she held a little expo on what it means to be a graphic designer and that sort of stuff her Bryony Gomez Palacio, and it was really interesting to hear someone talk and see tell like she was really passionate about what she did, and she saw some work. It was just really phenomenal. There was one time where she wanted she made concrete books to advertise the theme of her news conference. But yeah, uh, other than that, I've been hyping myself up for Total War Three Kingdoms. As it's coming out, I've just been playing a lot of Dynasty Warriors. Let's get ready for that. So, yep, that's been that my week. Sound, sorry, huh? It, it sounded like someone was like clicking or tapping somewhere in the oh, background. That's, that's probably my chair. Yep. Well, if it, if it was it just made that sound now, then yes. Yep. I apologize. It's okay. Just don't do it again. Oh no! I'm just gonna dismantle my chair and sit on the bed. Oh. Well, <laughs> I wasn't asked for all that now. <laughs> but you can go on with your week. I just wanted to uh, to know what that was because if it yep. was like something in the background that could be stopped, you know. Yep. Well, that, that's that's just my week. It's just literally just been me doing uh, schoolwork and then attending those two really cool workshops and lectures. That's cool. I mean, school school is cool. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of weeks like that when I was in school. Mr. Graduate. You don't have to deal with this stuff anymore. Now you got to deal with actually getting a job. Oh, yeah, but now I still have to deal with studying. Since I'm still, I'm graduated yet still studying for tests, such as the life I lead. What test? I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the uh, um, the test to get my investment license. Ah. Yeah. So once I get that, I'll be in the clear, and I can start setting up my, my resume because I'll have all my dank qualifications and all that shit hey man if you ever need help uh designing your resume 
I'm here. Cool. I, I mean, I have, I know someone that's a, I have a career advisor that's helping me who is a cool lady that I met from my mom. So how long is that? Uh, so I assume that you get certified or get a acknowledged for doing the test. I don't know what it'd be called. Uh, you mean like how, how, how long does it take, does it take to, to, to get the license? Yeah. I think it's uh, it's like a couple of days. I don't remember correctly. How long? And it's a lifelong license. Like the minute you get it, you're good. Or do you need to? It's a thing where there's so there's education requirements. So when mm-hmm. I get it, it's like, um, every okay. So two years after my first test, I have to do the the education requirement, right? And then it's every three years after that, and okay. then every and then every year there is a like basically compliance that you do with whatever firm you're working at. Okay. Yeah. From yeah. there, do you want to continue on and to what your I guess, I, I, guess I, I guess I'll do my week then if Lewis is done. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, this week I studied for some bullshit. Oh, what just happened? Sorry. What, what happened? No, something in my background. I'll take care of it. Uh, oh, okay. You okay. Um, so I, I did some studying shit, but whatever. No one wants to hear about that. I uh, Instead, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles 4. I got that earlier this week. I, if eagle-eyed and eared podcast listeners, uh, both of you, will remember that I talked <laughs> about playing the first game a while ago when I picked that up. And uh, a lot of my same opinions on that one hold true, except this game is literally just a better version of the first game. Uh. It's like they took all of the things that were problems that you could have with the first game's gameplay and just polished it up. And it, so, yeah, it's just it's just really good. Um, uh, so I've been playing that. It's a lot. I'm not, I'm not super far, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, some of the big improvements, I guess, are just like little things, the little pop, little pop-ups that tell you about you know what missions or what units you use in a certain mission because of enemy to enemy unit types just like overall better map design and more clear uh like more clear interactions with things or some levels in the first game would be like you should do this and then you try to do the thing that it asks you to do and then it was something and then nothing would happen and you're like okay what why do you have to lie yeah, like the mission with the tank in the first game the the first like big boss fight or whatever oh it's like, yeah it tells you to shoot the to shoot the um like big like like to, to, all the debris so it blocks the tank's path but it doesn't tell you like how to shoot it or where so remember i kept like shooting at it with like with like the tank and like the lancers or whatever nothing was happening so i'm like what do you want from me <laughs> um and i have had none of those problems at all in this game uh it's really fucking it's a it's really good ta- it's a really good tactical rpg with some fun characters uh and they finally also fixed the biggest problem with the designs, which is that, like, they all, all the all the designs in the, in the games are all like pretty like nice like military uniforms. But in the first game, it would bother the fuck out of me that all the girls wore skirts for some reason. And it would and it would be like not even like a skirt, like a normal skirt. It'd be like a tactical military skirt, and it was super dumb. <laughs> it, would, it would always like that. bother me just a little bit that they were all wearing dumb Look tactical skirts. So the one thing um, that, the, with with Okira Chronicles four, uh, I don't like that the main characters are from Galia again. 
Can we please step yeah. away from? Can we please step away from Galia for once? Galia is the is oh, the master yeah, race. That, that is a tactical skirt. I, I'm looking at that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then in, in in Valkyria Chronicles four, I think Raita, the character designer, finally was like, "Well, now this one's gonna be in the snow, so they can't wear skirts anymore." So so they put them all in that, pants. Uh... So they put them all in pants except for Riley. Right who the characters make fun of for wearing a skirt. So <laughs> that's all right. Um I'm yeah, so I'm 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 enjoying it. Is it as a good video game? Aside from that, I saw a movie yesterday. Uh I saw the film Suspiria, which is a remake of a 1970s horror movie, I guess. Like the 70s movie is apparently not a horror movie, but it's kind of a horror movie. Um, Why don't you watch uh, Alita? Uh, apparently, Alita is good though. That that that, which is whack. <laughs> Why is I, it whack that it's good? Because though everything that's uh, from, from everything from the from the lead up of that movie has led me to believe otherwise. And it's just like, so how did you fail so spectacularly in marketing this movie that it just looked so bad? Because cool. like when he's like, I need her to be anime, but no one else. So like, can you make her not anime? Cause she's well, like but, not, she's not even really anime. She's like weird, freakish, yeah, like, giant eyes, tiny mouth. It's it's and really like, weird. It's really weird. Um, my favorite thing that I haven't seen in the movie for with Stewie is like there's a hia on there. I was like, I want her to have a big dumb Leela from Futurama, like hia when she kicks someone. Oh, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, fuck. It, which is sad because apparently it bombed as well. Uh, so like it sucks that it's a, it's apparently like a pretty like fun action movie that just got fucked by like really poor marketing by its by its character design. Damn. Yeah, it's, by uh, its by its art the art design. Yeah, it's yeah. It's been pretty harsh on this movie. It's just it. I feel like they could have done the same movie but not made her look like that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I don't know. It is. I'm sorry, it is. I cut off your. Your week. Tell us about your movie. No, it's fine. Yeah, uh, so I saw this movie, Suspiria. Uh, it stars what's her name? Okay, it's it fucked me up. I'm watching it. The main character is the main whoever plays the main character from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. I don't I, I don't know her real name, but she plays Anastasia Steele in the those 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 movies, right? And uh, so I was the thing for the whole movie. Me and my brother were like, that can't be her. That's impossible. There's no way she can act, <laughs> and she can. So she she was really good in this. Um. Also has Tilda Swinton in it, who uh, uh, played. I guess I don't know. She's a really famous actor, really talented actress. She's been in a lot of like famous for her role films. playing um, in a supposedly Asian person in Doctor Strange. <laughs> yep. Remember how many people I, were mad at that? I do remember that. It's true. Uh, why didn't you cast an Asian man? Because they're like, "Fuck you." That's why. Yeah, that is true. But she she also was in the Narnia first Narnia movie. She was the the White Witch or whatever, and then. She also was in Snowpiercer as the lady. That, I have not yeah. seen Snowpiercer yet, and I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm a fan. She's she's great in that also. Is it actually good? I thought it was terrible. Well, no, it's, 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 Snowpiercer is actually like a, like a pretty good movie. The sequel book is the one that's really bad because it's super okay. dumb. I forget what it's called. It's called like Icebreaker or some shit. Yeah, that was okay. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that's really bad because it's just like there was a second train that was behind it, and this one is bigger and better. 
Okay, all right. So I just got things mixed up. It's yeah, icebreaker. That all right, or so, it's something like that. It might not be icebreaker, but it's a similarly dumb name. Um, is like it a movie, or are you sure it's just? A I book? think it's a sequel to the book, or the comic book, or whatever the fuck there's. So it's a sequel to whatever the source material is. Um, yeah. Anyway, this movie Suspiria <laughs> is really it's like a psychological horror movie that's set in like the, I think like the late sixties, early seventies in um Berlin. So like, you know, height of like the political tension between like Berlin, East Berlin and West Berlin. Um and it's uh set in like this ballet studio where uh there's some there's it's a thing where you're watching it and I love how like upfront the whole thing is like you're watching it and it's like i is it there's no there's never any like a mystery as to like what the evil people at the at the ballet at the the ballet studio are gonna do and like what their plan is or like are they magic i don't know because it's just like kind of straight up just tells you at the beginning of the movie where they're just like what their plan is and are they magic yes they are um and so it's and so it's kind of like this like like the the so like the tension just comes from the way that the scenes are shot and like composed and like you not really knowing like what it's building towards because they because they, they they tell you what the evil people's plan is up front and by movie logic you know that no plan ever goes according to no, nothing ever goes according to plan so you're like well so then what's so then what's gonna happen how is this how is this shit gonna play out um and it's really fucking good it's shot extremely well uh the acting is really good it is a excessively disturbing movie uh so don't watch it if you're like like it's not even like gore there's some gore in it but it's not even like squeamish about gore it's just like very uncomfortable emotional situations there's a there's a really elongated sequence in the movie of like what i can only describe as um accidental torture that is like incredibly grotesque um Mm. and made me feel very bad inside uh but it's it's very very good i highly recommend watching it i'm i'm gonna watch this the 70s version at some point this is apparently very different um uh yeah. Also, uh, Thom York did the music for it. He's the singer slash songwriter from Radiohead. So, the, so, the, so the, the music in that movie is also very good. Which I, I didn't know that until the credits happening. I'm like, why the fuck is the singer sound so familiar? And then, oh yeah, it's that guy. Hmm. Um, Neat. Other, other than that, I don't think I did anything this week aside from that. That was the thing that I saw. Yeah, that's okay. about it. What were you, Claude? Mine is long but i'm gonna try and keep it short as i can um so i wasn't on last week's podcast of course i was in orlando for a bachelor party one of my best friends is getting married next week so i actually won't be on next week either um so we had a airbnb place in orlando um did a bunch of drinking that was fun we did an escape room uh the i think it's called just the great escape room or the great escape you know kind of standard title for an escape room and our thing was called, uh, the scenario we did was called uh, Pandemic, which basically everyone on Earth is diseased. Um, and we were like the last scientists, like who, 
were in an area that was like working on the cure and somebody figured out the cure, but she died. And, you know, even though they don't tell you this, it's how an escape room works. The person who had the cure, instead of just leaving it out, left it behind a bunch of convoluted clues you have to go through. So we had uh, 60 minutes to go through all her little clues to get a cure to save humanity. Um, and we we did it, and we finished it with a minute and 51 seconds left. So we saved the world. You're welcome. Um, after that, Thank we you. went to... Uh, I forget what it's called. One of those, like, like all-you-can-eat, like, Korean, like, or Japanese, like, steakhouse buffets, where it's like, they just bring out the food you and you cook it yourself. Um, <clears throat> I had a lot of fun with that. We ate so much, because... Uh, we had nine people total. We were like, hey, let's split the one that's for six people and the one for four people. And everyone there split it, so it was $30 a person. And it was it was fantastic. After that, we just drank, played Smash, chilled, played a bunch of card games, and then we're on our way back on Sunday. Um, I got back into my Japanese. It was, it was really difficult for me to study <clears throat> because I'm busy with school and all that. And I found out about something called Pimsler. Uh, and I would highly recommend this to anyone, not even just specifically for Japanese, but any language you want to learn that's on there. The way it works is it's just it's an audiobook. I got it on Audible. Um, and, you know, just different chapters and whatnot. It's like, all right, they'll teach you conversation in that language. You won't learn to read it. You won't learn to write it. But you'll be able to speak it to the people around you if it's something that's, you know, spoken. Um, it's the most expensive of all the routes of learning Japanese I've had. But, like, it is incredibly effective um, just because of how it uses teaching techniques. I won't go too much into that. But if you were like, hey, I don't have the time to study, like, sit down and study with a book, but you're on the road often enough, um, I would highly recommend Pimsler's uh, language books. Um, I beat Persona 5 for the second time. This time I got everyone filled out. I did everything for the story I could. Um, except for fighting Caroline and Justine. I, I didn't want to bother with that. Um, made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was great. It, you know, still one of my favorite games. The only game I'd probably put above it on PS4, and that's a strong probably, is Nier Automata. Um, love that game. Finally have full context for all the girls. Because when I was playing the first game, I run that same problem I do all the time where, damn, I don't have a good enough social stats in some area, so I can't up this confidant or S-Link, depending on your game. Um, but now i got everyone. The waifus have been reshuffled. Uh, overall has been replaced by uh, or Tai uh, Takemi, the doctor, has replaced Kawakami. Now there's a tie for the teammate waifus between Makoto and Haru. I might actually edge it out to Haru because Haru is like the sweetest thing on earth. Um, yeah, memed out by the forehead. No, it's like it's legitimately it's like the most cinnamon bun or cinnamon roll of cinnamon rolls, cinnamon bun, cinnamon bun, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> like the the sweetest thing on earth. Her father had just died, and like she still she felt bad for the other party members having to feel bad for her. And I was like, wow real selfless on you know, a lot of this stuff her s-link is like wholesome she just wants to <clears throat> learn more about coffee have nice coffee a uh, nice coffee restaurant doesn't want anything bad to happen as far as her company goes even if she doesn't want to rule, uh, run it 
There's just so much about her I like. Yeah, but she made you eat elephant poop. I was fine with the coffee. Now, here's the thing that made me actually <laughs> love sorry? her. I'm sorry? Yeah. <clears throat> well, she didn't make you eat elephant poop. There's a coffee bean uh, in one of your things that she didn't really tell you about. That, like, it's, I, I don't know, it's, like, harvested through elephant poop or something like that. Something that does something with the flavor. And the thing that made me actually like her a lot is of the three, you only, I tested out that you only get it from one of the choices. She mentioned something about, <clears throat> well, cats uh, have a certain similar one. So do you think, and you can pick three options of like, I don't remember what the first one was like, I don't know. It's like, stay away from my cat. And like, let's try feeding him to Mona. And, um, and that's the one I picked. And if you do that, she's really psyched for it. She's like, oh, wait, but he, he'll be kind of sick if we do that you know so we probably shouldn't make this cat eat beans all day and i'm like i really like the concept like that she was willing to just beans i really liked it like haru would have force fed this cat beans and i love it i i just vastly prefer uh um sadist haru uh to normal vanilla haru but we didn't get that we 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 kind of got it a little bit in memento's dialogue I actually only like heard like one line that was like kind of questionable, but nothing even bad in Mementos. I don't even remember what it was, but like because I spent a lot of time in Mementos this time around after she got in, and I didn't really hear any of it. So I don't know if there was a patch or something weird, like to reduce the amount she'd say crazy. No, I think it's just Mementos dialogue is all just random, and there's a fuckload of it. She has she has one that's just like talking about how she how hype she gets about being able to murder all the shadows and how she loves to hear their screams when she kills them with her axe or whatever. And then uh, Makoto is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we got cinnamon button Haru. So I'm happy with that. Cause I like pure things and she's the purest anyway. Yeah. So I did that. And then I went into persona five dancing and I was like, sweet. And it gave me more time with the characters, which is all I cared about. And it made me like Haru slightly more. And it made me dislike, it, not dislike, it opened my eyes a bit more to Futaba on areas I didn't like. Because she already did have the, like, gamer speak type shit that I hate. Yeah, and, but it, I, I feel like that's unfair to say that that, like, negatively detracts to her within her own game. Because, like, that's... It remi- really, like, because, I mean, she, she does it in the game, but I never felt like it was annoying in Persona 5 when she did it. Cause it it was wasn't really, annoying, but it was always bad. Uh, like I, I don't know. Like part of like her thing when she met Mishima, when she was like, "Is he an NPC?" I'm like, yeah. oh, "Okay." Yeah. Like stuff like that yeah. did happen a lot. It's just I didn't really. I, I brushed off. I was like, "Okay, whatever." I beat this game already. I just kept going. And then her doing it again there made me think about the main game, like because we talked about Chie and like the whole "I'm uh, meet meet meet," even though that's not what she is in P4. And yeah. I thought about. I was like, "Wait a minute, she did do that pretty frequently." But I just kind of brush it off all the time. It's, it's not that. See, the thing is, I don't think it's that frequent. Like, I think I, I've it's pretty frequent. I just beat the game again. It's pretty frequent. No, I know, but I remember I've seen a bunch of the scenes again. It's she says it a couple of times, but it, it's it, it's not nearly to the frequency that she's done it in the shit I've seen from Dancing on or whatever the game's called, Dancing Star Night, Dancing Dancing in Star Night, uh, Dancing Starlight. in the Starlight, or whatever the fuck. Um, because yeah. that shit's annoying in that game, and I feel like it was. <laughs> Because it really is, like I said before, like I, I'm definitely in the in the space of people that are fucking annoyed by that shit in the game that it's. Yeah, hey, don't close the door. What are you doing? 
uh yeah i was i was not annoyed by it in the in persona 5 but i was incredibly annoyed by that shit in in dancing dancing in the starlight or whatever the fuck the game is called i don't know i think it's yeah. different um i mean it's it's definitely increased in frequency there but and i also feel like it's just like they just repeated a lot i never felt like in persona 5 that futaba repeated the same video game joke lines often now i will say that in dancing in starlight there was a lot but it wasn't repeated and if it was it's further in the social links i put that game down <clears throat> the game down by the way because i suck at social link or i suck at rhythm games and there was a point where you have to jump up in difficulty if you want to unlock the rest of the stuff like cutscenes and whatnot and i sucked so bad I was like no i'm done so I put that game down. And I'm going to watch the cutscenes eventually. But I will say, from what I've seen, yeah, she has the gamer speak stuff, but like none of it's repeated. I guess I don't know. It, 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 I remember from, from from her social link in that game, there was a lot of it that was like because they kept harping on the idea where it was like for her social link that she wants to like level up her dancing ability, and so that's just is like the gimmick that just lasts the whole time, and that's super annoying because because I just found that really annoying as this idea of like like just she says the, she leveled the, up in the, the main game like when yeah. she was like. But it was that's the what? only time she said it. But and it's also not an entire conversation. That's what I mean is that I'm fine with it in the main game because it's like bursts of things. She said I leveled up because I did the thing, or whatever. But in Dancing Star Night or whatever, she has a whole conversation about how she's gonna spend the XP and how she needs to gain <laughs> XP or whatever. And it's like okay, yes, I understand the video game joke, but now you're like drawing the joke out into like a whole fucking like four to five sentences long where it was like literally like a sentence before um and so like you know whatever if that's why i'm that's what i mean when i say it's handled differently yeah it's i mean yeah i can't you guys wait for the dancing persona 5 game to come out well that's what we were talking about yeah that's what we've been talking about this whole time I didn't think I didn't think it was released yet. Yeah, it, it was came it, out it, last it, year. released in Japan a while oh. ago, and then it came out in the states somewhat free like a couple of months ago, I think. Yeah, it was November, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Anywho, I played you know P5 dancing and I dropped it because I suck at rhythm games and made me mad. Um, also, that's a bad rhythm game. Just throw the note there. You can change uh, how fast the notes go and make it actually work well. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if that will fix it, but that's, it'll probably make it better. It fixed it for me enough that's that an I could play. That's an interesting twist on the game. Well, I think um, a lot of like Japanese rhythm games have that as an option to because sometimes, sometimes it helps with like um, visibility, like, like on like the mobile rhythm games, like the Idol Master ones and stuff. Um, you can set your speed at at the, at the beginning because sometimes people like it to go faster because it makes it so that like the notes are less bunched up so you can see the rhythm patterns a bit easier. So like when mm-hmm. I play, I, I like to play on like higher speeds because it, if when if not when they get bunched up, it makes me I, I can't tell what, what the rhythm is supposed to be. Um, I will say one more thing on that game, and I will ask you who you think of the confidants. The confidants in that game being, uh, you know. Morgana, uh, 
party members, I assume. Yeah, all party members, and then Caroline Justine is one. Who do you think I would find is the best of all the uh, confidants you get with? Uh, Not get with, but you know what I mean. For you, I don't know. I would say it would probably be like... As I don't know what a lot of them are, so I don't guess they would... Uh, I guess I I guess either Haru or Yusuke. Those are my guesses. my favorite. Yusuke is good. My favorite is Caroline and Justine. They they do really? a lot with them there. That's um, fun. Like they really play. Like you know, Caroline is still fun. Uh, Justine, I believe Justine's like the soon one. If I'm the remembering one that's that angry. right, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now, I think, I do you remember in her confidant where it's like? Every now and then, there would be a line about how she was like, she actually really, really did like spending time with you, and she's like, "Shut up, don't tell him that." Yeah, that is like, like flushed out fully in this, like, and like Caroline is constantly getting under her skin and flustering her about the fact that she enjoys spending time with you, and she like it's 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 very sweet. And there's there's things where um, they leave because once you get them to rank six and up. You can check around your room for the little cards they leave, and each of the cards has a little note to you specifically. Um, and all the stuff is like that, and they're like, they're actually not admitting it, but they're super psyched to be able to spend time with you. Um, and it's it's the greatest. I really like that. Like, it's imagine Sun, or like Sun Dairy, if they toned down the Sun a lot and added on a lot of dairy. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I really liked uh caroline and justine in the first game or sorry in the base game because uh they're fucking especially like i i i have listened to too much of the dub but i remember when i remember listening to the dub that uh dub caroline whichever one is the angry one uh wasn't as she wasn't as into it fucking jap as i i played on the sub japanese mm-hmm. caroline is very angry <laughs> like excessively i fucking would love being in a velvet room because all of her fucking voice lines when you're in there are just like she's like sp- spitting at you and all of her fucking like lines. hanako screeching type like over, no because like because like, hanako screeching is like like uh, like almost like you know you know like distressed or whatever like you know <laughs> Like almost autistic screeching, like you know, like the meme of the person crouching with their claw hands in the air. Like that's Hanako. Um, fucking uh, Caroline is more like it reminds me of like, like it's literally like it's the character that you'd see like would just like has the baton that would just sl- slap you with it just to fuck with you. Like she's very she's I don't know like you should try to find her dialogue the way she like forces out the word like shujin which means a prisoner uh the way she forces that shit out she's so mad it's great i fucking love her voice actress in uh, japanese um yeah i mean that's cool for a while yeah i'm sorry i need i need to wrap up my week this has been going on for too long um i watched penguin drum we're gonna talk about that on our spoiler cast at the end of this and lastly i played birth by sleep which is like I'm so sorry. I forgot how lame Kingdom Hearts was as far as the story yeah, goes. George isn't here to fight you. It's super lame, and it's the gayest thing I've done in a while. Um, the one that like really solidified that is when I was uh, I was on Disney Town as a world, and they were talking about how there's the villain, how there's Captain Dark, who's just Pete, but people like, but Pete, no one likes Pete, 
So he calls himself Captain Darkness. It has his lame costume. Who like he wants to be Shadow Bull from uh, F Zero. Um, and he has this whole like, I am Captain Dark. After he does this weird like jump down from somewhere, <clears throat> and I was like, and like there's whole like lights changing and whatnot in the background. And he's like has his own music. I'm like, wow, this is fucking gay. Like, never change, Pete. <laughs> See, but we were saying this. This just sounds hilarious to me. This like, just sounds like exactly what I would want to play Kingdom Hearts for. Uh, also, and then you have a racing segment immediately afterwards. And you have to beat Captain Dark and the Heartless. Um, hey, what are you? Race. What are you racing? Is it like on a cart? Like are you cart racing? <laughs> no, you're because you have this weird vehicle. Your T blade can turn into like a spaceship. Um. Or yeah, your, your key plate is the six machine. Right? So you can just do that, and then you're on the racetrack, and you're racing them, and you win. And I guess that somehow beats the heart. Oh, sorry, they're not heartless. They're the unversed in this game. Oh, right, the unversed. Of course. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the end of Terra's story, and uh, I have never been so mad. Yeah, Terra's I... retarded, right? Terra's like the dumbest character of all time. He's not awful. He could be worse. He's no, no, I, no. I mean, not that he's the worst. I mean that he is literally a dumb person. Terra is literally like not smart. He's not pinch. He's he's, he's gullible. <laughs> um, he. I wouldn't say he's unintelligent, but like he's I would just very say that like tricked into anything. Huh? Yeah, I guess. But I'd say it's just sort of like he he just gets tricked so easily by this character that is like could not more obviously be evil right in in his defense and i won't defend kingdom hearts characters often this is like a master he's looked up to apparently his whole life okay like but look at him though it's look at it's bad no yeah he looks super like a villain he's dressed like a villain why is he walking his arm behind his back like that why why is he why is he waggling his fingers why is he waggling his fingers like a villain man's got a sense of style why is he? Why? Why does he keep like telling you to, to you know use the darkness and the light? Why did he? Yeah. Leave yeah. Why? What is and then stuff started going bad. I well, because the thing with that with that is him saying like to use to use the darkness is that that's like in universe basically telling someone you know just fucking do drugs. It's cool. Fucking heroin. <laughs> just do it. Fuck it. Is it? Because like I'm not it's caught cool. up, but I heard that like. Riku's some type of hero of darkness and light, as gay as that sounds. Uh, that's I don't know. That's that's a I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> the darkness in Kingdom Hearts is really unclear as a thing, but as far as I know, is never portrayed as a good thing. I, do you think Tetsuya Nomura like thinks it's a deep story? I don't know. Me and my friend meme all the time about how Kingdom Hearts is actually secretly an allegory for uh, coming out of, of being gay. You can just say that it is, and then it's like it's everything still makes sense. Just, Skylar, just, where, where does uh, Goofy and Donald fit into the gay equation? Uh, Goofy and Donald don't have anything to do with, with, with the story at all, and so it doesn't like so it doesn't matter. <laughs> what about that one time that like Goofy got hit with a rock and everyone was motivated? Yeah. To, to beat the heartless, and then he was fine two scenes later. Yeah, Goofy fucking died, uh, <laughs> and then he, and then he didn't. But then apparently Donald fucking dies. Spoilers, Does I guess. 
I don't know. Wow, don't great. Know. <laughs> Get excited for that scene. I apologize I'm for mean. all the Kingdom Hearts three players. George, George, George blown out again. I'm listening to the podcast. Anyway, yeah, like trying not to go too far because I'm trying to end my week after this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I, I lost so many times to uh, the final boss of Terra's story because the thing that sucks in that game that doesn't exist in the mainline games, it's a very, 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 very simple thing. In the other games, if you're getting hit, you can flip out of it. You can get comboed if you're still in the, in the path, but you can flip out of it. In this, let's say you got hit for one hit of a 20-hit combo. Put your controller down and wait. There is no way out of combos once you've been hit. And if there is, it's an ability that I've not gotten, which is weird because I'm at the end of that character story. You can look up recipes for other things, apparently. I just didn't get them. Um, so I won't go into the final boss, but I've done that at least 20 times. And I remember screaming. Like My friend was in chat with me. And he was laughing. I was like, why can't I beat this game for babies? Like, I, I got so <laughs> mad. It's like, why can't I beat this game for it's it's a kid's game and then like i googled something about the main boss being like how do i beat him because i finally got frustrated and everyone's like that fight sucks good luck there was no actual strategy the best way to beat him which i haven't beat him yet is to barely play the game you have to sit there and counter same time you attack he'll dodge out of the way he has moves that will bring you from full health to like 10% health. Uh, it, it, everything about him is nonsense. I hate it. Um, but I talked to George. Apparently that fight's nonsense. Of the three stories. And the second story's final fight. If you do um, Ventus. His final fight's also nonsense. But less. But yeah. I am dealing with the most BS boss fight. In this game. And <laughs> I, I hate it. I love the I love the idea of the only way to beat this boss. Is to not. Place. Yeah, you have to lame it out. You actually have to lame it out. There's no way to fight him legit, to my knowledge. Oh, that sucks. <sighs> but yeah, that was my long ass week or two weeks, I guess. Kingdom Hearts so is dumb. There, we're gonna go on to the waifu cast. Oh yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, you want to skip it? No, that's fine. James isn't here. Why would we Fair skip enough. it? I just knew that you know, time wise, we were. Well, actually, we're not that bad on time. We could be better, though. Whatever. This week, we'll be talking about Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth. Yeah, I figured James didn't play the Ultimax game. Wait, no, he did play Ultimax. Fuck him anyway. Yeah, talk about Labyrinth. Can you just spell that out for me so I know what we're dealing with? L-A-B-R-Y-S. R-Y-S? Yeah. Yeah, you also really... It's very important that you watch a video where she speaks. That is... English. English yes. speaking. That is too. a Greek battle axe. Let me specify persona. There we go. Yeah, that is um you have to you have to look up her English voice specifically. You'll see why when you get to it. Is, it. It's it's very important that you hear her English voice. <laughs> Let me I've never even heard her Japanese voice actually. I actually haven't I think it's just because she has like an Osaka accent in that one. Oh man, that right? voice. And so they don't and well, so they I, did the thing. That, peacock. Nobody knows what to do with a character that has an Osaka accent and how do you ha- what American accent th- is that supposed to be nobody knows and so everyone just has like Brooklyn accent what is uh, the, what is an Osaka accent really like, I, want, okay. I mean clearly I know what it's supposed to mean you know someone from Osaka but like like to them is that like our Brooklyn like to them yeah I believe, exposure I, I guess. that how 
Osaka is supposed to be is not even real. It's it's from seeing Ippo and how everyone gets hyped about Sendo and they're vicious about it because they love their Naniwa Rocky. Yeah. Well, if I, it's always a thing where there's even like the Osaka dialect and stuff like that Majima uses in um, Yakuza games and whatever. Like I think Yakuza has a has a Osaka accent. I could be wrong though. There's like Kansai Ben shit. Kansai Ben usually is like a country accent whenever people do that. Um, but yeah. So fucking Labrys is your Brooklyn robot. She's the best. I love Labrys. I don't so know if she's the best, but I like because I like I like Igus more than Labrys. Well, I like Igus more than Labrys too. I just think Labrys is cool, and and then Shadow Labrys is one of the coolest characters in that game. I um, love her super, like her one hit kill. Yeah, her her as a kill is really fucking cool, and it's like in her her fucking gameplay is just really cool. Like I think Shadow, I think Shadow Labrys is just a really like interesting puppet character because i don't know it's so didn't she work like venom kind of um Um, you mean like you mean like a zato Zato. not really she's like because the thing with puppet characters is that for most of the time the deal is that the puppet is not always on the screen like you you do um like you know with zato is your eddie actions occur when you uh, release button presses right so eddie will do a thing when you when you release a button um and okay. eddie is on and eddie is on screen then um and then like with like carl clover you have uh actions that the puppet i think nirvana is what it's called will like partake will do the action and then when it's done doing the action it'll go into it's like a sleep state where you where you can't hit it um and it's just on the screen where it is uh, but with Shadow Labrys, the whatever it's called, like uh, the whatever the bull is called, I forget what the persona's name is. Um, when it's uh, it's just always there; it's always on the screen, and so you always have control of it at all times, which is pretty nuts for a, for a puppet character. And so I think, and so the way that you play around that is really interesting. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Like, I'm actually trying to remember. I don't remember Labrys's deal, to be honest. Like, oh, do you not remember her? Story. Did you? Because did you do the backstory thing for her in the first game in Persona Four? Arena? I did most people's. I didn't do everyone's. <clears throat> okay, so then you didn't get to hers then, because if you because because in order to unlock hers, you had to do everyone's first. Um. Mm-hmm. So her deal is that she was like one of a bunch of like prototype mecca that would eventually that the whatever they're called that would eventually go on to like be the i guess is the finished model of um so her backstory is like that she, so the, remember the deal with um the i guess the what i guess robots or whatever is that they have like the the pillar of dusk or whatever inside of them which is how they're able to summon a persona and they kind of like low-key imply that that's like a soul basically Plume yeah. of Dust is the Thank name, you. and they're Whatever. mechanical maidens. Yeah, damn, um, you're out here. Not wait. Oh no, you're looking it up, aren't you? Yeah, you know, on the wiki. Yeah. Oh, like, like how are you knowledgeable about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's sort of like implied that those things are like a soul that you like put in the robot so they can summon a persona. Um, and so the deal with Labrys is that the person that she's based on was like a young girl who was really sick and was dying in the hospital. Um. 
And so there's that part. And then like the, her individual story is like, she was in the testing facility where all the different like robots are being built. And she had this friend and they basically, they're, they're basically like forcing them to fight them every day. So they can get combat data because they didn't think they were like sapient yet. Um, but they were. And so there's some crazy shit. And like uh, her friend got killed in a big battle fight and Lapras got angry, and then, like, the, the facility got destroyed, and then she, like, fled, basically, is what happens at the end of her story. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, like, I like Lapras. I think she's cool. I, I really like all of the fan art of her with Yosuke, because that shit is dumb. Uh, yeah. I'll say she's viable. Yeah, what, I actually didn't play, because I didn't, you know... <clears throat> get to her like where what is her deal with yosuke because i do see a lot of art with them together it's just that they have a lot of like dumb interactions yosuke and her spend a lot of time together in like the ultimax story and also um if i remember correctly yosuke has some weird interactions with her in his personal story but i don't remember it's been a bit since i played that in the first game but i don't remember I wanna... she has a very greek about her oh what what labrys what what, what 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 you you what you cut off? What did you say about her? She has a very Greek theme around. Oh yeah, well she yeah she because because well okay so the deal with that is that the Persona Three cast all have like loosely like Greek mythology shit happening. Uh, you know the main characters Persona is Orpheus, um, mm. and Thanatos is his like is like a a major character in it. Uh, Mitsuru, I, I forget what Mitsuru is actually. Akiko's is, like... um, is what? C- is like supposed to be Julius Caesar, right? Remember? Or Ares? Yeah. It's Ares, right? Isn't it Ares? I thought it was Caesar. I mean, it's one of those. It looks like one of those two. It, it's, it's full of form, might be uh, <coughs> Ares. Um, uh, Let me actually look it up. Yeah, look, I can't remember. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I forget a lot of what their stand names are. But they're all like they're Greek. Stands? Oh, no. Persona. Yeah, you know, they're basically stands. I, like, I can't call you on that. They're 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 uh, but they're all like a Greek mythology theme. I think the only one in the game that's not is Messiah, as far as like canon stands the main characters get. But Messiah, but, you, but Jesus was alive. Okay, during... so the first one's um, Polydiceus, and the other one's Caesar. Caesar, okay. Caesar's then... final, his final one. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and I, I guess has a. Uh, Athena, right? That's her. That's her. Yes. Uh, persona. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So. So. She. 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 She viable. She got a big fuck off axe and BB tag. She can kill you in one hit. It's fucking sick. <laughs> She's got everything. Which, by the way, is a little bit of a note. Uh, the axe she has is actually called a, is actually called the Labrys. Yeah. The Greek double uh, headed axe. So, little little wordplay that they had fun with. I too am saying viable. Just based on what I've seen and quickly read up on the description and personality, and you guys talk, I will say yes. Okay, sweet. And with that, we have the next viable waifu in the pantheon. Uh, pantheon. Yeah, there there's a there's a large number of them. You know, my Hero Academia really set that up. Naruto was a bad yeah. It's it's a fucking it's a fucking party in the fucking pantheon. Yeah, all all the waifus up there just 
having fun and, and meanwhile sakura Eno, ten ten um Yukari. i don't think there was anyone who was not viable from mha wait no i think we both agreed on midnight and james was mad Oh really? We, we we were yeah yeah. If we were on midnight, that'd be pretty funny. Cause that's yeah, because she, she wants to diddle them kids real bad. She really wants to f- fuck the young baby children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so do you, Skylar. Damn. N- not as much as she does, man. She's thirsty as hell. Um. So moving on to the next thing involving th- thirsty characters, we have Kobayashi's Dragon Maid confirmed for a second season. Louis, uh, did you watch that show? Yeah, I forget. I did not, but if this is the thing I'm thinking about, this is the one where uh, Quetzalcoatl is a... Yep. Yes. Yep, then I know I know all I need to know. Big titty bimbo. Yep, that's girl. all I need to know. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this season, too. The first season was really good. Uh, what I've heard, it's, it's done really well and it's fairly popular. I'm really interested because, yeah. the, because the cool thing with – or the interesting thing about season one was that it was really different from the source material. So I'm really wondering how they're going to play it with this next season. Was right? that something that really drew your attention to the show was how much is straight from the source material? Um, it, no. It, it did some things out of order. Well, I mean um, it's also like the the tone and like general shit is mostly not exactly uh, – the same, right? Like the, the 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 focus in the manga is mostly comedy. Well, I felt like then the anime was generally like there was comedy there, but it shifted its focus more towards like look at this wholesome family stuff. And do you then, think like, that? Do you think that helped even split? Do you think that helped like sales or not even sales? But do you think that helped drum up popularity or um, or improve the quality of the story itself? Uh, um, I, I think it goes hand in hand. I guess I really like the direction the manga went. More than the way direction the, the sorry the way actually, I think the direction the anime goes instead of the one that the manga does. But I don't necessarily think one is better than the other, like inherently. Right. Um, I just prefer like my wholesome stories about family to you know like general edgy comedy stuff. Right. Um, Why haven't you watched Wolf Children yet? Because I haven't. I can't find a place to stream it, and I haven't been too lazy to download it. To be honest, like if 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 it was on Netflix, I would have seen it a while ago. Hmm. Um, I watched that movie a second time with my girl, and was when I was using your anime, your anime uh, list to springboard off mine because like we've seen a lot of the same similar shows. I was like, this will make it easier than me remembering. I saw that you had not seen Wolf Children yet. I was like, damn. Yeah, I still have not seen Wolf Children. In any case, Claude, how do you feel about uh, Dragon? Do you think that you prefer it in the more? Do you prefer? Do you like the way it's deep from the manga? So I picked up the manga from after the show ended. Right. Which was weird to find because there, the anime ends, but it doesn't like follow beat for beat with the manga. This is when I learned it wasn't the same because I found some chapters where a character is introduced, but like she is around for some of the stuff that is covered in the manga or in the anime, but she's not in the anime. Which I don't know. Do you think they're still going to give Kobayashi a dick? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I don't think like there's there's some of the gags in the manga that would be like off color for the kind of tone that the anime goes for. That's why I'm. I don't know about th- that. Like the anime is very upfront about that horror that uh, Toru wants to fuck Kobayashi. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's not like it's different. 
I think it's it's a it's it's, hot it's, springs episode. I don't even remember that. The episode, episode. There's an episode where like she I don't she accidentally ate one of like the love chocolates. Like I think that was an OVA, was it not? I remember that the OVA I remember was when they went to the hot springs. If, yeah, if right. that no, was it, also it, in it, that it, episode, it, then it, maybe. But that's yeah, that's I still think, that, I think that, you know, that still counts. I guess. And I there was a point when she's like like Kana was like laying on her lap and she's like, I need to go. I'm getting dangerous thoughts. Like she was ready to, to diddle that kid. Midnight would have been proud. <laughs> the diddle? Uh, yeah. I don't know. She she almost did. And then she went to her room. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure that was an OVA. I don't remember that. Because I, I haven't seen I haven't seen that what you're talking about. Okay. It might have been the OVA then. If the yeah, the OVAs usually are split into two parts. <clears throat> it's it was the same chocolate thing. And she thought she didn't eat Haru's chocolate because she's like, Haru wants to fuck me. There's probably some magic in these chocolates. I'm not going to eat it. And then <laughs> she thought the chocolates were like Kana's. And she was like, oh, let me try one of her chocolates. I was like, oh, God, Maloins. What's happening here? <laughs> and like, Maloins. Well, because it's like the, the, the fucking manga artist is horny as fuck. So it's like, I can tell from Katakotl. Well, you can just like look at like she his other shit. She doesn't get the play though. She gets the least play. Yeah. She wants to be a Shodokan so bad. But literal With Shoda. With a boy literally like, named Shoda. He's like, no. His name is actually Shoda. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm he's not, like, hey, I'm I got not some into Valentine's it. Day stuff for you. I got some chocolate for you. She's like, please tell me your Valentine's chocolate plan isn't to just cover yourself in chocolate naked and come to me. And he was like, she was like, how did you know? I remember that. I, I distinctly yeah, remember she, that um, yeah. from the show. She's 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 thirst for that for that little boy. Yeah, she she always wants to surprise him in bed and whatnot and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, well, uh, I get you're a dragon, but that's a tiny boy. Yeah, he is he is not a dragon. It's like he is in fact an actual child. Skylar, this is this is shockingly similar to the discussion we had when in fantasy universes where the dragon can transform. And the dragon chooses like a little girl form. Is it considered? Uh, is it considered? Is, a lolly is, is is Tiki a lolly? Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, she is. Yeah, I say I say she is as well. That actually side note that actually reminds me of uh, there's a um it's a it's a comic but it's done in anime art style. It's called Two Cut Hero. Anyway, dude already it, it post dude saving the world and he's just like a bum who's living in an apartment pretty much anyway you get part of his backstory where i don't remember how but he ended up being like taken by a dragon somewhere and like learning magic from the dragon and the dragon was like falling in love with him like gorgeous woman and like he found out from her that like yeah she got so jealous with her last lover about the the idea of him leaving her for anyone that she just ate him it's like i can't let this happen to me and she's just trying to throw the poon at him all the time, and he doesn't want it because he doesn't want to be eaten. He's the, like he's he's so close to getting it, but he doesn't want. It. He's like, I don't want to die. And she's like, Why is it you aren't taking me my advances? And he's like, uh, It's because uh, uh, I like kids. Yeah, I, I like kids. And she's like, Oh. And she turns herself into a child. And she's like, Is this better? And he's like, Fucking thank Christ. Now I don't want to fuck anymore. <laughs> and like, and I was like I like that. If you have to have a lolly. And someone could become a lolly. I like that you did it by tricking her to make you think you like that, so you're never gonna risk it. That's pretty good. That 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 is pretty good. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah. Uh, also, things are pretty good. I actually didn't written much on this, so Scott, you could talk more on it. Is that Production IG is making a hand-drawn 4K anime for Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more information than what they gave about this other than that it's like... Oh, I didn't read the article, though, because I was, I was oh, busy. Oh, I, I, I did read the article. And it seemed like there was like some... like There was a director attached to it who had done some... Not direction work before, but on like he done like art direction stuff and um, I don't know something else. He would think it was like principal photography or whatever on something else. Um, so there was that, and then there was kind of like I think there was a brief synopsis that was kind of like incredibly vague, so I didn't really get anything out of it. But I mean, this is a cool idea. I, I wonder. I mean, like, does Netflix even stream like native 4K? I mean, I guess they do if they're if they're offering this. Uh, I don't know about for I mean I know they do HDR stuff, but that's more like color range. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but that's uh, that's what they're they're toting it as 4K anime, which yeah, I have a 4K I mean, TV, so you know, good on me, I mean, but not everyone does. Yeah, I don't have so. so I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like uh, that was some that's like tax return money right there if you don't have any bills to worry about. Yep. So I mean, this could be cool. Oh, I, I mean, I. I hope it looks pretty at the very least. They'll, they'll probably have um, some like, uh, you know, crazy like color correction. Um, I mean, if it's production IG, I'm not worried. Yeah, There's same. Not much I've seen. Production you know, IG I mean, has some pretty nuts people underneath them to help them with, you know, computer stuff. Like, they've you know, not just... announced the name of it, correct? No, they no. have not. They've, they've just, just said that they're, they're, just, like... they're working on this. Yeah, the there is a, and there's also the studio, a, a director attached as well. Yeah, there's like it's one of those things where you hear the studio name and you're just fine. Like if it was like, "Hey guys, look out! New uh, 4K show coming by uh, Ufotable." I'm like, "All right, well, I'm glad the Fate fans are getting something, or like something like that." Like that's how I'd feel. Yeah. Or what's the, what's a company that would be like if if they were making something 4K? I'd be like, I wonder if this will even be good. Um, like Gonzo. Know, Gonzo, does Gonzo still yeah. do anything? Yeah, like we both went to Gonzo immediately. <laughs> yeah, Gonzo had a show out like uh, like two seasons. I think he had a show out two seasons ago, if I remember correctly. I forget what it was called. We actually checked. I'm curious about Gonzo. Yeah. So one thing I want to bring up is that uh, production I is they feel very confident with going to Netflix. Uh, most of it, they they stated in a press statement that one of the benefits of being with Netflix is that they have the multi year contract. Yeah, and, they have a contract with them, mm-hmm. and it says they say that it allows us to take enough time to create good anime, which is unusual in the Japanese anime industry. So I suppose that having a multi year contract isn't that common place, and this is something well, different. Yeah, the, so usually the oh, way anime production God. works. Wait, what? what Okay, so wait. Oh, they're all over the place. All right, so their last three anime Space Battleship Karamasu. That's good. Yeah. Hinomaru Sumo. That's good. Conception. Oh, yep. <laughs> that sounds like Studio Gonzo to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Do you know what, uh, what that is, Lewis? Which one? Conception. No, but I can just tell from the name. Okay, it's, it's sweet. Exactly now I have to take like care of something it. really quick. I was asking like maybe, maybe a minute and a half. So, uh, Skylar, free free to tell him what conception is. 
Okay, so my knowledge of Conception is actually a little bit whack. I actually don't know that much all... So there are visual novels on the PSP, on the Vita. There's two of them. I don't okay. know, like, I don't, I don't know anything about the first game at all, because apparently they're, they're really different. But Conception 2 involves you, the main character. You are, like, I forget what your dumb anime hero name is, but you're essentially, like, you have to go save the world and you dungeon crawl shit, but your party members that you create to help you dungeon crawl are these things that are called the star children and you oh man that name you need to get the star children to help you fight the evil the evil bad guys in order to create star children you have to impregnate the girls that you know that you know that all have these things called the star womb what's so you impregnate their star womb and then they create a star child and then the oh fuck i actually forget what the uh dumb pun is for the act of uh like the thinly veiled sex that you have in order to create the star child it's called like fuck i have to look it up really quick because it's really it's actually it's actually funny uh now I'm, i'm gonna clear it up i have not played these games this is a oh, conversation. Okay. I had a conversation. Okay. I had a conversation with people about this. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Okay, Skylar, don't worry. Uh, what's, uh, what's 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 the game? What what's it called again? Skylar. Yes. Do you ever play the Tales of Zillia games or no? I have not played the Tales of okay. Zillia games. There's one specific scene, right, where you meet the the like female. Uh, it's called okay, interest. I, I remember okay no the thing that happens when you have the sex with the girls to create the star child it's called class mating class mating class mating that's what it's called oh god this is my so in tales of zillia the main like female love interest right she's part spirit and then you meet her sister who's also part spirit she's like I'm drained of mana. Please, Jude, I need your help. Please interlink with me. What? Oh, just do this. And then you do it where you like you just pour a shit ton of magical energy. And she's like, oh, thank you. But then she tells the love interest that she goes, you interlinked with her? What's so bad? Oh, yes, he filled me up a lot with mana. It's like, ah, oh, ah, ah. Yeah, so conception is... um. It's a big... <sighs> it's a big for all the degenerates. I guess it's time for me to get a Vita. <laughs> yeah, got a classmate with all the girls to create star, the, the star children. God, that fucking you got a classmate. Also, uh, notably, then the for the there's an anime adaptation of the first game, um, and I remember it was really funny when it when it happened, because uh, so there was a cut. So there's a new website called Sakagaburu. People post like impressive cuts of animation right onto the, onto the board. All right. Uh, so there was a a decent cut in the, in the first episode of the of the conception anime, and someone posted it onto Sakagaburu, um, and then the animator who animated it messaged the admins at Sakagaburu and was like, "Can you please take it off? I don't want my name associated with this show." <laughs> Are you talking about conception? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a good what? cut in that show. And yeah, there's one. There's a decent one in the first episode. Yeah. Classmating. Class meeting. Uh, that's so bad. It's real bad. Why? Class meeting is that the term for it? 
Yeah, it's a term for for having the banging to form the star children and in, in, in conception too. Hmm. Especially back because the first girl is his cousin. No, I, no, 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 no. That's in the first game. I'm talking. I'm talking about conception too because that's the one I know things about. I'm talking about the anime, but all right. Because the was anime isn't as an adaptation of the first game, but I, I don't well, know anything about it. They explicitly talk to each other and call each other cousins in the first episode. And then they want to fuck. Oh, well, they don't want to fuck. Well, it's unclear if they want to, <laughs> but by the end of the first episode, they do when the credits start. Okay, uh, can this be? I, on didn't, I didn't give a second can, episode. Can we watch this shit on pain trains? I don't want to. <laughs> It's a, it's just remember I remember one thing I did see from the anime from the anime of the or whatever was that there's a, literally a screenshot that someone sent me of the show telling you to go look up the website for the for the game to receive lore information, which is really bad. Well, shameless shameless uh, self marketing. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Either way, Lewis, our next pain train, which Skyler never agreed to yet was Jump Force. Oh, yeah. How long was the shorter one that you posted? Like three and a half hours. Holy shit. Jesus That's Christ. much shorter than a lot of the anime we watched. That is true. <laughs> I guess I've seen I, some cutscenes, my friend. I guess I could watch. I guess I could watch it because it will be funny. I mean, it's going to be cutscene. It's not going to be that bad. Yeah, the, other, the one that's five hours long <laughs> involves like him running around in fights. And I was like, I don't want to watch fights. Okay, yeah, that sounds that's fine. Yeah, I the second one this. was just strictly cutscenes. I was like, "All right, how bad does this get?" And I clicked it somewhere in the middle, and I was like, "This is fucking stupid." I thought the thing of like people just sliding across screen was a meme. I thought that was some no, bugs. That shit is They thought it was okay. You thought you fucking thought. Yeah, shit's what. Yep, shit came back and uh, yeah, real bad. <clears throat> like. Sanji just sliding across is like I'll go, and then Frieza returning to his home planet was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, Frieza floating up—that shit's bad, especially because he has an animation for flying. They just didn't put it in; <laughs> they just forgot. So just just Frieza just like float up. Yeah, he literally yeah. he's he's in a, his he's character in a, model he's just in raises a, slowly. He's, he's in a standing position, <clears throat> and he just raises from the ground like fucking Gary's mod. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. What the fuck is that game? <laughs> it's really fucking bad. Yeah, it's uh, pretty not great. <clears throat> Speaking of not great, this is just my opinion. I'm not uh, I'm not too keen on the premise for the new Pennyworth TV show following Alfred yeah. Pennyworth in the yeah. '60s fighting Jack the Ripper's descendants. Wait, like 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 Batman, like Alfred Pennyworth? Yes, in the '60s. And since, of course, little baby Bruce hasn't been born yet, they had to make him do something. And he's from England, so what else could he do? Well, fight Nazi. Oh, fight, uh, crime fight. Well, I mean, yes, he's like, he is tasked, I don't know why, I don't know how, but it has come upon him to battle the descendants of Jack the Ripper, which I found the most that's, stupid, that, lazy that's, thing possible. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said to me. What? Yeah. What? It's... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's his. Because I got into it slightly with like not even got into it, but I was talking to like George. Was like it could be good. I was like, you could make new characters. You could make something new for himself. Like, why is it specifically Jack the Ripper's things? Is it because Jack the Ripper's are popular? Like, you know, 
well, not popular, infamous person from like England. And if you need to make his descendants, I was like, what? So is like, is malice genetic? Did that get did that get passed down to his kids? His kids is all of that's why they had to like, you know, exterminate all of Hitler's children because because they they were going to exterminate the Jews also. It was passed down their hatred. Well, Haven't no you played Assassin's the fuck Creed? He was. No, they all, have, they all have the genetic memory. Mm. Uh, Everyone, you got this shit's whack. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is is Jack the Ripper even a thing in Batman? Is he what? Is Jack the Ripper like a, a thing in Batman? Like, I am, would am be I, shocked since Jack I, the Ripper yeah. from the late 1800s. Well, I know because I said like, this is a, this seems super like oddly specific. So for a Batman property, that's one that's related to Batman. Why this? Could they not think of well anything else? Money. They can make money, I suppose. But I it's not. Heard... It's like you couldn't. Even, you could even make this, and it could be not at all related to Batman at all. Right. Why does it gotta be Alfred? Because uh, Warner Brothers needs it, and they feel like why not, making. But why an not try to have some fan service by putting a Batman villain in it? In, in the sixties. Yeah, you could. Uh, you could do some. I'm sure there's some Batman villains that are old. And they fought a young like because the big thing is him. like <clears throat> who's the oldest Batman villain? Here's who's... the um here's something related to your thing, Claude. Is that this won't be the first time a Batman property has dealt with Jack the Ripper? DC Comics one shot Gotham by Gaslight saw Batman. That was, with... That's different. That's yeah. set in the past with Batman in the past. If mm-hmm. he's actually dealing with Jack the Ripper, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, it's a retelling of that. But to have someone deal with his descendants, like that's when it's like. Okay. Well, I, I just heard you say like deal with Jack the Ripper, so that that's the closest thing that no. I was able to find. Gotham by that. Gaslight's the same as like the Marvel Noir series. It's just series that takes place in the twenties. Like that's fine. You're retelling that character in that timeline, dealing with those specific problems. If you want to put, if you want to put Batman in the late eighteen hundreds, then fine, cool. The Batman's there, and Jack the Ripper was a legitimate threat. That's there. Why on earth is Jack the Ripper's kids? Also evil, and there and then Alfred Pennyworth needs to battle them. I mean, I, I guess you can you can work that because there's no such thing as a story that can't be written. Uh, because uh, his name is escaping me. He he was my favorite writer for the longest time. Uh, he wrote the uh the Codex Alara. I'm trying to remember his name. It wasn't was it Jim Butcher? It wasn't Jim. Whatever. Anyway, he. You know, one dude proved his point. He always talked to people on writing forums, and someone was talking about like you know bad stories. He's like, "There's no such thing as bad stories. It's bad ex- or no, bad premise. It's bad execution." Someone argued with him, and he was like, "All right, I'll make a bet. Bet with you. Give me the two concepts you think will never work together, and I will make it into a best-selling story." And the guy gave him like Pokemon and the Lost Roman Legion, and this nigga was like, "Bet." And then he wrote the Codex Alara, which is not a best-selling book, but a best-selling series. Wait, so the Codex Alara is a Pokemon story about no, well, Roman Pokemon, No, it, like he was like, "Give me two concepts," and he fused them, which is the Lost Roman Legion and Pokemon. Um, what is this series? Uh, Codex Alara. It's about people who like control like these spirits and whatnot. Like everyone has like a spirit that's like depending on like an element, they work differently. Uh, different strengths. Uh, the the book series is 
The first it book is, is called The Coescalar. I don't remember the series name. It is Jim Butcher, by the way, in case you're wondering. Oh, it is him? Yeah. All right. Because <clears throat> I know I loved I loved his work on um the Dresden Files. Um Oh, it's Dresden Files, man. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, we're kind of going off track though. But yeah, that's my So you could make it good. I just don't like the like we need to make Alfred Pennyworth a thing now. Who could he fight we can think of? Instead of making new characters, let's just say Jack Ripper's kids. I could be completely wrong and blown out the water if the writers do a good job. It's not hard to do a good job if you know what you're doing. It's just initial impression and I'm not a fan of it. Um, Kind of like for a lot of people, they weren't a fan of uh, the Aladdin trailer. Because, uh, oh boy, that, which, that Will Smith. The Aladdin genie. trailer. Yeah, that, uh, that Will Smith genie got a lot of people uh, Oof. not too happy. It's the thing, the thing that's good, that gets me about Will Smith playing the genie is that it's not going to be the genie played by Will Smith. It's going to be Will Smith as a genie. He did say before that he said he was not going to be playing himself, and then that was a big lie. He told a big, mm-hmm. massive lie. More than anything, I don't care that Will Smith is the genie. What I care about is that Gilbert Gottfried reprises his role as Iago. That's is he? what I want. Is he? I, I don't know. They haven't oh. talked about it. Everyone's so oh. focused on this uh, on this nigga being Will Smith. Uh, yeah, being Will Smith. He's being Not Will being, Smith. Being Will Smith that no one is considered Iago and who will play him. I want Gilbert Gottfried back. I want Gilbert Gottfried back. That actually, I love Gilbert Gottfried. That, that's a good point. Gilbert Gottfried was great. It's just, I just can't believe how bad the effect looks. And then... I feel like the the effect for Will Smith's genie is so bad that people are overlooking how bad the effects are in the rest of the trailer. Like, the lava shit looks real bad. Why does uh, fucking Jafar look like a baby in a Halloween costume? Like, it looks like the costume is like... Yeah, he did look awful! Him and it's being, like, held up by, like, invisible air. Like, Man. I don't know, why does it gotta be like this? Like, I appreciate them having, like, actual, like, Indian actors. That's, that's cool, I guess. But, but, like, why does it gotta, why does it gotta look like that? Do you think they'll keep in the lyric, the original, or, not the original, do you think they'll keep in the lyrics for Arabian Nights? Oh, I don't know. Like, do you remember the, the part the people who were from the Middle East hated from those lyrics? Um, shit. I don't remember. You're gonna have to remind me. Okay, so it's the second part of the first, like, you know, pre before the chorus. There's a whole like, you know, uh, well, we're cut out, cut out, cut off your eyes if we don't like your face, and whatnot. And there's yeah. a line that's like, it's savage, but hey, it's home. And it's like, people from Middle East were like, we don't like that. Can you change that? Yeah. Please. And then Disney was like, no. Um. <clears throat> so. That movie was super mean if you paid attention to the lyrics. It, it really was, yeah. Fucking shoving Aladdin down. And then, like, I don't remember what was what like caused him to say it, but he looked at Aladdin. And I was like, like, he, some, like, I don't remember. Some royal dude was like, you were born a street rat. You will die a street rat. And only your fleas will mourn you. I was like, a, a little baby Claude was like, holy shit. That's rough. 
<laughs> like, like it, it seemed unnecessary. Um, I forgot what else I was gonna say. It did look really bad. From like Jafar, Jafar was hilarious. I remember laughing. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. Why is it? Why does he look? Point. Why he look like that, man? Why he? Why he look like that? God. I don't know, man. But it's. Like, oh, I got nothing else to say about this. He, he, they didn't even. I I, I do I want to say like his face is sliding off of his face. This, really... this guy's this guy's favorite my favorite post that someone's made about this is when's your first time trying out Photoshop in regards to the fucking genie. Yeah, dude, his face is sliding off of his face. I'm talking about Jafar or the genie. The, the, the genie. Yeah. One of my favorite things is like I don't like this option. This uh, not option doesn't come up too often but i've seen a bunch of people being like you know having like the sad genie react and then the happy genie react was like you know robin williams reaction to the new or no all reaction to the new genie and then it's like the second one is like everyone knowing that robin williams would be happy for or would want us to be happy about the new genie i was like robin williams hated that role so much y'all forgot he got underpaid and he hated it and he was like don't use my name in the credits and they used it and he was mad and he was only the genie for that one movie the first time and every other time the genie was in anything, he was voiced by the dude who did Homer Simpson. Because Robin Williams hated it. So so then why didn't they get whoever best was, was Homer Simpson? What? So then why didn't they just get him to, to play him in this movie? In this movie? Because it's live action. And they wanted... <laughs> Is it? He's not live. That's not live action. That's a visual effect. Wait, wait, okay. It's a live action movie. But they needed Will Smith's face because they wanted Will Smith's face. It looks terrible. They're not going to James Earl Jones this shit, right? He's there. <laughs> but his, but why is he got his, like, Will Smith's proportions, it looks like someone's never drawn a human body before. <laughs> like, his, like, face know. is, like, too small for his head and, like, the weird neck connection shit. It looks, it looks Does he have a promise Neverland face? Kind of, yeah. Dude, they're fucking, every, it looks weird. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, we can move on from this. Um, oh, yeah, we actually skipped this. Uh, in other movie news, the Frozen 2 trailer came out. Oh, and yeah. I liked the first half of it, and I didn't like the rest of it. Because I was like, what is she training for? Is she trying to become more powerful? I like that. <laughs> I, must, I, must, I must achieve more power. Because I, I, liked, I, would... I liked her training montage at the beginning. The, the thing that that, that that reminded me of, like Loki, was going to be flashbacks to the sequence in Avatar The Last Airbender when Zuko was trying to learn how to shoot lightning. It, it reminded oh, really? Me of that. Yeah. And then it also reminded That's me... That's not fair. That's nowhere near as cool as that. No, it's true. And then it also it reminded cool. me of the part in Dragon Ball Z where Vegeta is trying to go Super Saiyan in the rain. Um, and oh, so yeah, I'm yeah. like in my, head, I'm, in my head... I'm like looking at these two things. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, is she gonna like, is she gonna like channel? Is she gonna go Super Saiyan in this movie? <laughs> seeing her, seeing like the training thing just remind. It's just making me think of uh, Super Mario Galaxy when Mario has the, the little has the frozen flower and he's just walking and it makes the little hexagon ice platforms. That's all I'm thinking of <clears throat> seeing this shit. She can already do that. She's stupid powerful. But I don't. I, I don't know. I I did like her training sequence, and then when they got to what the rest of the movie was, I was like, I don't care. 
Uh, I don't. Not that it's going to be bad. I'm not going to say it's going to be bad, but I couldn't care less. I didn't notice Olaf in that trailer, so that made me happy. He's there only in like that one shot where they're looking over like the autumn landscape or whatever. Because he's one of those characters where it's like, I, did, I thought he was annoying. Slash stupid. You know, I, I, I don't really find that thing endearing when it's done like that. Um, my favorite part about Olaf was everyone getting super mad about the half hour Olaf like special before Coco. <laughs> no one was <laughs> like, they complained so much about it, they removed it. And yeah, that's my favorite I don't think they apologized Olaf for it. Yeah, that they had a half hour upset. thing that made people so mad they had to remove it from the uh, theaters. Yeah, people, people, especially like Mexican people, were really mad. I remember specifically, there was a lot of like uh, lash. Uh, what was the, what's the word I'm looking for? Backlash. Backlash. Thank you. Um, from people in South America, like that was like disproportionate. People in Mexico were fucking pissed. Like, what do they say? Are they specific? What were they, what were they pissed about? Because, well, like, because I think it was just you go to the movie because people were excited because it's like, yeah, finally, Pixar Disney movie about. Uh, that's celebrating my culture what is this fucking frozen shit get it out of my face why is it so long get out of here with that fucking it was still like because disney does do pre-movie like like hey here's a little short and they they announced that there would be an animated animated short that shit was as long as an episode of seinfeld like why also also the, the shorts usually are connected to other properties Usually, they're either like Disney proper characters like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy and shit, or they're completely original shorts that have no connection to anything, like 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 Paper Man, or fucking uh, the one with the dogs. I forget what that one's called. Um, like who's like the one like with the sh- girl who's like falling in love with someone who lived nearby, or the dude? No, the dude who was super depressed. Was it? And- is it was that not Paper Man? Was that Paper Man? Yeah, Paper Man was the one where the guy's at like a train station. Yeah, okay, yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That one's really good. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So, like, the fact that the Olaf short was like, you know, 30 minutes of advertising. Quote unquote short. Yeah. yeah, it was like a half hour advertisement for the new Frozen ride at, at Epcot. So, so God, that's so people, bad. People were people were mad. I I'd be mad too. My representation. Yeah. But it's okay. Frozen Two is back now with a hundred percent more. Let it go. I wonder, are they gonna try and do a Let It Go too? Like, what is? Oh, it I hope not. What, what what's it going to be like how are they going to do this? Like, how do you think this movie is going to be tainted by its? by the popularity of the first movie and how people are sick of it now um because like, i don't know because little girls still love frozen yeah uh skylar i want to bring up this is a little bit of a history lesson i learned uh in my history of animation class mm-hmm. to attest to how like tired people are we're hearing of let it go in the old uh lion king ride at disney Way back when, when the bird, Zazu, I think that's his name, is in like the little bone cage, he'd start singing It's a Small World After All. Because during the time period, that was the most fucking song song, and it drove everyone crazy. And that's why, yeah. that's why Scar would say, no, no, stop. Like, not now. Yeah, I remember. They replaced it with Let It Go. 
In in what? Oh, in the in, in the in the in the Lion King ride. Yes. Oh. He starts singing "Let It Go." No. That's pretty funny. That's how much they despise. That's how much that that's funny because that 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 point even fucking Disney, Disney is aware. <laughs> that's what are your guys' favorite Disney songs? If you have one, um, I really like Hellfire from Hunter. Oh, Marvel. Hellfire's really from what? good. No, Bells of No, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Okay. When Frollo's when Frollo's got the mega bone mega burn boner. When he, when, yeah, when Frollo was like that. See, Hunter of Notre Dame is fucked up for a kids movie because literally the plot of that movie hinges on Frollo wants to fuck Esmeralda so bad, and he's like, I can't because she's not that's white. Of, and also, I mean, that's the plot of goddamn Little Mermaid. But continue. But no, but the the it's a thing where like the villain because like obviously like Ariel wants to fuck Eric really bad and that's like the plot right whatever yeah. but like the villain of this thing is like I want to fuck this girl so bad but I can't because she's not white enough and also I'm a priest and then he has this no he was like, just a judge he wasn't even a priest oh that's right he was, yeah he, be- he, was, he just believed he so heavily in his like he was one of the religious types who truly believed they stand above everyone else because of his righteousness in yeah. religion that the fact that he is feels this way is like no i can't i can't be this way that's why the opening is that's why the opening is you know i'm so much purer than the common weak licentious crowd yeah yeah, then, yeah. so tell me why do i see her dancing there yeah, and like, the, and like the whole song is like he, she's like it's her fault because she's seducing him, and he like has the scarf in his hand. He's like smelling it and shit. And he tries to he tries to burn it in the fireplace, and then he can't. Yeah, he can't. He can't do no wrong, so he blames it on. And there's like the, the people fucking, around him, and then there's like the fucking organization thirteen surrounding him when he's in there, <laughs> and he's being judged by fucking like all these grim reapers around him. It shits. It's like that song is intense. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll say I'll say that one. Um, I, I I also love you, um, "Be Prepared." Is really good. Also, "Be Prepared." Is, oh, re- real quick, back to that. Uh, what they're the what the <laughs> organization thirteen are singing is "Maya Culpa," which is my fault. Yeah, it's like it's your fault. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. What the. Then he actually blames God. Yeah, no, he, he blames God and said God blames God and then much stronger gets, than the man. Yeah, and then and then he gets and then he like lashes out at that for that. And then he's like, It's her fault for being so hot. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> and then you'll be mine or everything will burn. And then he just like fucking comes right there and passes out. Pretty much. Damn. After that retrospective, I'm gonna give it to Hellfire too. <laughs> yeah, Hellfire is fucking great. Fantastic villain song. I love. I give props to the voice actor for that shit. Yeah, mine. For, they're both. They're a tie for the same reason. <clears throat> You're welcome. From yeah, Moana yeah. That's that, and that's Gaston a song. song because they're both a testament <laughs> both to arrogance, song. and I love it. Which song? I, uh, You're welcome. And uh, um, what, what's Gaston's Gaston song, song called again? It's called uh, yeah. Oh, Gaston. Yeah. I, I I like your welcome a lot actually. That, that, that's like a fun one. 
I, I am somewhat tired of it, but that was just because my nephew, my little baby nephew, loved Moana and would and we would play it over and over to the point where I could just recite "You're Welcome" on the spot because he wanted me to sing it. But I will well, say I do like, aside from the lyrics, I like the visuals. Yeah, um, like yeah she's it's... super on guard against him, but then he keeps just like charming her until eventually he like has the seaweed and everything around her neck, and so she's like all dancing. And then all the tallest tattoos, like doing the stories from this thing, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I also it's all really it's like, great. What I also really like the villain song from that movie, like the crab guy. Oh, um, shiny, shiny. Yeah, that one's good. I love the voice actor that did. What's his, uh, what's his name? Who, who, who did Tamatoa again? What's the guy's name? Uh, Tamatoa. It was uh Stephen Merchant. No, some British Steve by Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's he's great. He's really good. Because like his his is the ex- he he brings up when he talks to uh, Maui. He's like, hey, you, you, what was it? Um, you, I like you, Maui, because you have all of you wear yourself on your skin just like I do. You're very shallow, just like me. Well, I I just liked uh, Shiny. I feel like that character existed entirely to have that song happen. And then it was the same thing that it's like the thing that I love where the characters acknowledge how good the song is. Like in No More Heroes 2, when you beat uh, Margaret Moonlight and you beat the end at the the end of the boss fight and um, Margaret is like, did you did you like my song or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, uh, when they beat Tamatoa. Hey, hey. Did you like the song? Yeah, and then uh, with me, yeah, Margaret Moonlight, it's like, yeah, Travis is like, uh, fuck, what did he? What does he say? He has a fucking line, and then he just cuts her in half. I can't remember. Too long. Have you not? Have you guys not played uh, 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 No More Heroes? I've not. No, you know I, I haven't. I, I would I would recommend <clears throat> playing them if you. I wish I could. I don't have PS3. a Wii. Or, or the P. You, you 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 can play more No More Heroes two on the PS three. I don't have a PS3 either. I only have Neither a PS4. Um, but no, I know you guys were on that for a bit. I, I, I do want to give extra props for Gaston's song. Gaston like, is pretty nice. That's fantastic. It's not only is it a testament to arrogance, but it's just like Gaston's like, I hate it. Everything about me is lame. And then it's like, it's a little, I forgot what his name was. Um, he's like, Gaston, you have the biggest dick. He's like, no, I don't. It's average. And then he breaks into song, and Gaston's like, that's right. My dick is massive. <laughs> I do all these things. And the funniest thing is that he lives up to all of this shit, like when he wraps the belt around his neck and he just flexes and breaks the belt. He's just such a... He's, like, even his song is so cheap. In a wrestling match, nobody bites like Gaston. Like, why? What? <laughs> like, there's so much about it. I, I I love it, but uh, yeah, we should move on. What the fuck was our next point? I mean, <laughs> um, Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to transition from Hollow Knight's uh, or from guest on the guest on the Hollow Knight. Yeah, so Hollow Knight Silk Song. I did not play the first game, but you know, Skyler did. So you could talk game. about how hyped you are for the next one. Yeah, so I'm really excited for this. They've been teasing Hornet something for a while. Everyone just figured it'd be another expansion because they've done a fuckload of those at this point, uh, like a DLC. Um, but it is in fact not. They've come out and uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song is in fact straight up a sequel to the game. And so Hornet's getting her own game, 
a bunch of shit. There's some lot. There's lots of cool stuff in this trailer. <laughs> it seems like what they're going for with this is in like for the Hollow Knight, the character like Hollow Knight, the from the first game, the character. His deal was that he kind of got all this magic shit in the game, and that helped him like with his mobility and his attacks were all centered around like you know using the the soul, the magic, or whatever. Well, it seemed like with this, what they're going for was that they're doing something different, or instead of like magic stuff, um, because because Hornet never did any of that during boss fights or whatever. She instead had like items that she used. Um, you know, she had like you know twine that she could that she had had attached to her nail, and she also had um the spike traps that she would use or whatever. Uh, they're instead going for like this like sub weapon shit. Um, so like there's there's a couple of moments in the trailer where she like toss something out like there's a part where she throws out a thing and then it hits the ground and turns into like a saw wheel, then it shoots across the floor. Um, there's a part where she throws like a bomb or something. It looks like. So it's like a, so it's like instead of spells they're doing sub weapons which which seems really cool. I'm a fan of that. And then also like they're changing the mobility a lot cuz you know uh, Hollow Knight again was you know very uh like traditional Metroidvania platforming abilities you have your your dash, you have your fucking shine spark, you have a double jump and a wall jump. Um uh while in this game it looks like they're they're doing like like fucking multiple jumps and like homing dashes. I saw there's some really fucking wacky movement shit in the trailer. So this looks really like really cool. They're doing a lot of cool stuff with this character. Um and so I'm just stoked as hell. All this new shit, it looks it looks fucking great. She looks really mobile cuz this shows like she dashes forward with her little like rapier looking needle hits a guy then just flips over it all looks yeah. really it all looks really smooth too they're, it seems like they're really taking to like the design and philosophy of making this character feel like how she would play you have to play her like you she like fought you during her boss fights which is really fucking cool it's like the same kind of a, a design philosophy that they took for designing the different characters in, in, in Devil May Cry. How when you play as Virgil in DMC4 Special Edition, how the game's systems encourage you to play him like he he fights you during boss fights. You know, only walking instead of running, because and then never missing an attack, kind of shit. Uh, it's so I, this is this is really cool. I'm I'm, I'm really excited for this, and uh, yeah. It should be good. Team Cherry is fucking killing it. What a fucking talented ass group of people. Hmm. Okay, and then Lucy, do you have anything to add on that? Because like, I have nothing to say on it. Because like, I didn't play it. Because I am terrible at platformers, so I didn't even bother. Like the only platformer I'm even gonna like consider. Well, I consider I already put my money towards it. Would be um, Bloodstained. No, I have uh, I have nothing further to add. I, I don't play platformers very often, but Hollow Knight was an exception where I didn't play it myself, uh, but I did like watch quite a few people go through it, and it looked really, really nice. By the way, Claude, I'm not sure if you have it on the docket or not, but we could talk about uh, Early's mention that Tunche, Tunchi, whatever it um it, it met its Kickstarter goal. Yeah, so it got to we, its. We, uh... we what game? Second goal, and it's been confirmed. Two Mellows working on the soundtrack. 
Oh shit! I didn't see that. That's fucking hype. Yeah, they put on they put out an email for backers. It's like, hey, uh, two things. First off, thanks. We got our two. All right, so the two, um, the two. What was it? Goal stretch goals. That was what it called. The two stretch stretch goals they got. Or number one, there's like a challenge arena, and then two, something called like dark champions or dark heroes, which just looks like chat like persona, um. Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax, like, shadow versions of characters. Hmm. Um, but then also they're like, hey, not only did we reach these two things, but we're announcing that 2 Mellow will be working on the soundtrack. That's fucking hype. I didn't see that. Because I, I, I only ever read the backer emails when they say, like, this is for your backer kit. Please fill out the backer kit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's something they recently announced, so that's dope. I was going to ping you guys, but I was like, it's an email, so they, they both have seen it because it went to everyone who yeah. backed the game. Yeah, I only yes, I I only read the backer emails because I feel like I, when they're important. Otherwise, I just want to I just want to know when I play the I mean, video game. I'll look at them. Like some of them, I'll pay more attention to than others. Like depends on the game. Like like for Invisible, I don't read any of them because it's all just look at this new character. I'm like I'll just find out about the character when I play it. Once again, for me, it's depends. Like if like I was gonna say the Good Life, if that was something like okay, I don't care. I backed it because it looked like it wasn't going to make it, and I want the good life to exist. That was where I stood there. But, like, if it's like, hey, um, we have some more info for – what's the game I'm looking for that forward to that I backed? Um, what was the game coming out? I, I, Indivisible. Indivisible. Like, yeah. that one, I would be super psyched. Because, like, Naga Rider got me so hyped when I saw that. I look at every update they send. You know, too bad we still don't have a release date. That's or even a quarter that is releasing. Yeah, but I mean, they're still working on it. They still, they still put yeah, out I mean, updates so regularly that it's hard to be worried about that game. Uh, they haven't put an update out in a couple months. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm. They've proven it with Skullgirls. That like, hey, even if they take a minute, you know, you're getting something. And um, <clears throat> someone should I wasn't at too sure. Mike Z right now because he's at Anime Assumption playing. Oh, is he? right now? <laughs> He was on stream like ten minutes ago, playing his like, fucking hey, whole Kais Potemkin. What's up with the uh, Indivisible? We gonna get a? Actually, both that and Bloodstained were supposed to come out at the end of next year, got pushed back, and then we didn't get a date. At least now, because of Nintendo for um, <clears throat> Bloodstained, we know what's coming out this summer, or at least they're they're estimating this summer. I figured the game would be close to done, but they didn't want to deal with that tight release window. Because who on earth wants to compete with Red Dead? Yeah, Nobody. Fools. That. And Nintendo, because they can manage it. Yeah, because they got... Smash had no Smash, reason to worry about that. Smash had no... Yeah, Smash is Smash. They're fine. Yeah, it's like, all right. like It's like, they put their dick on the table, and they're like, who's going to challenge us? And Nintendo put, like, put, you know, their dick on the table with Smash, and Rockstar was like, huh. That's fine. Some nice girth you got there. All right. And then that was the end of that. There was mutual respect. Mutual respect for each other's dicks. Um, man, what were we supposed to talk about? Tunche, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tunche, that was nice. Yeah, so I just wanted uh, to bring it up because I wasn't sure if it was on the docket or not. Uh, it was not because, <clears throat> you know, now if people who didn't back it, I, I guess, get fucked. I don't think they have uh, a backer kit. If not they yet. do, not yet. You know, it's not out yet because the game just passed. Um, but uh, 
let me i actually lost the list do you have the list up skylar oh no i wasn't i can bring it back up i just went to a different page to look up something all right never mind i got it Catherine full body release dates revealed for september 3rd and i was psyched that's like oh yeah i'm like now i know for fact what's coming out and i was also bummed i was like that's gonna be in the still i'll still be on my vacation so you'll be coming back that day though yeah so we'll you'll be. be able to play it well you'll be flying back that day so yeah you'll play it the fourth well i'll finally give um, you the word on on all the things well so james some, keeps posting some, the word in here posting, I, yeah, he I have not been clicking on it i i i don't really care about spoilers for this so i have been reading those I uh, that's a video. Game I game. care enough because I don't know anything about this game. The only thing I cared about was my argument with, him. and then like he told me like the answer is like, well, it looks like you were right, and I was like, okay, cool, and I don't want to know nothing else because like, unlike you guys, which I, I I didn't even know, like see Catherine, you know the blonde one, I didn't know her until you guys, because I stayed completely away from it, not because I knew I was gonna play it, just like I didn't care at the time, but now I know I'll play it. Oh, by the way, I, in regards to this, I, it's mostly just that I don't want the entire, you know, video game chat being nothing but him posting Catherine spoilers. That, yeah. it, it just gets kind of annoying if, if it's nothing but him constantly posting it. It'll probably only be for the next couple of days. There's going to be nothing else to post. Hopefully. Yeah, you, never know, you never know what depths will come from that autistic mind. That's true. That's just not deep. That's the kiddie pool. Um, yeah, but his autism goes very, very deep. Is what he's saying. Okay. Fair enough. Um, last on our gaming news. Once again, I don't have a segue for this shit. I just want to <laughs> go to it. Nintendo had a direct, which was surprisingly underwhelming, in my opinion. I don't know if did you watch it, Skyler, when it was going on? I did. I did not watch it. I was, I, told it was, I was told it was. I was told it was going to be a Fire Emblem Direct, and I don't care about that, so I didn't watch it. I watched a few things with a Nintendo Direct. So, do you mind if I bring up the top three things that stood out for me? Go for it. So, the main thing, the, there were two big things and one minor uh, thing. The big one, the two big ones, was the Fire Emblem game that they announced, and then Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest because it's a long-running series that I have followed i haven't played one because just i i just never had the time to play it but i've just heard nothing but good things so i was interested in the fact that bring in new one fire emblem three houses mainly because when i saw the gameplay i looked at it's fully 3d as in like there's no just flat images they attack and then they have the 3d because you know the whole thing is in 3d also the idea that you're a teacher which means skylar don't loot the students Damn, but they're they're old enough though, aren't they? Are they like eighteen? Aren't they college age? Yeah, yeah, they're they're like leaders and shit. But Skylar, still still no, no, no. It's, um, it's fine. The third one was like some of the games that they're oh, actually four, three major one, uh, New Link, Legend of Zelda, um, is coming back. And then what inter- what just like kind of interests me was the fact that Dead by Daylight was coming up on Switch. That game, that trailer looked so bad. The game already doesn't look good. 
Like I've, I've played it with some friends. Like grab, like it's fun, but graphically, it's, you know, yeah. it's super but grungy and on gritty. Switch, I was like, oh this my looks god! I th- I'm just like starting to. I just heard that it was came though, but I'm looking at the trailer now. That looks bad. Yes, it does. That looks super bad. Yeah, it. Uh, it don't look great. Um, I'll also, Tetris. Been. Tetris is now a battle royale. Everybody. Yeah, that game's that game's sick. <laughs> yeah, that's great. actually really cool. I don't like <laughs> Tetris, I don't play it, but that's cool that it exists. I love the idea of like we're gonna hop in on this battle royale trend. Alright, so what we have Fortnite, we have PUBG, which are very different in style. We have Apex, we have Hunt. What are we gonna get? Tetris! Well, I mean that's that's not a shooter, so that'll instantly be away from the twelve year olds. Yeah. Now, the only thing in this direct that I care about that I want to talk about is hey, let's talk about Probably Astral Chain. Thing. Let's yeah, talk about Astral Chain. Same thing we, I knew we were going to care about. Yeah. This fuck- fucking platinum video game where you have where you have a cop, you're a cop yeah, and you have stand, stand powers. Which game? And you ride on your and you ride on top of your fucking like fucking Jaguar yeah. stand. It's so it's cool. So, it's dope. Like, it when I was so like, cool. all right, what is this? That trailer I had no incredible. idea. It was like, I forgot the first person who came up there. <clears throat> I don't remember the first person it said. I know the second one was Hideki Kamiya. I was like, what? Oh, wait, no. I think the first one was like character designs by, I forgot his name. Zetman. But the dude who did designs for, or who did Zetman. I was like, Zetman's dope. Cool. And then the second one was like, hey. Um, now I remember. The second one was uh, Hideki Kamiya. I was like, yeah. Oh, oh. And then the third one was like director of Near Automata. Near Near Automata. Yeah. It, was, uh... it was yeah, it was lead designer on on Near Automata. Oh, it was lead designer. Okay. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. And, and then like it just got it got better and cooler and cooler. And then you got the platinum like gameplay. And I was like, man, this is this is doing it. You already knew it was platinum beforehand, you know, because even though they you, ended because, on because you, you, you you could you could tell just from like how the dodge animation looks. Yeah. Oh, and then you talk like I don't know what Camille would be doing that without platinum right now. Yeah, that's true. No, that's his baby. That's what he does. It's his um, studio. Oh, uh, Skylar. Yeah. What you brought up way earlier at the beginning with the fan question, they revealed Demon X Machina. Oh, that, well, that wasn't revealed. Yeah, they that revealed that at, at, at E3, I think. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, he but said they, we were, we, it was like part of the direct, but we could talk about it then. So, yeah. yeah. So, Demon X Machina. Uh, it looks like a much, it's not exact, it's, well, as Skylar brought up before, kind of like a Damn. coming back of armored corn stuff. They're adopting a, stopping they're astral do- chain conversation. <laughs> they, uh, it's looking like more like a cell shading. Yeah, it's like not the same art style as um as armored core, which is game, fine. Not all but, mecha games you don't need to have like that grit. Uh, gameplay wise, though, it's very like it's very armored core. Yeah, this this is very interesting. My. What, yet another game that, that is slowly leaning me towards uh, taking, using some of my store credit and shit to get a Switch. Ew, store credit. Not buying everything on digital, what is this? <laughs> I meant the Switch itself. Like, GameStop store credit, so it's like you had to do some scum shit to get that. Yeah. I'm talking about Amazon store credit. Like I just, oh, I have, Amazon, never mind. Yeah, I have, like the Am- I have like the Amazon credit cards, so I've been think- thinking, do, do I really want to put like a few hundred on my store card to get the Switch? Hmm. 
but I know uh, Armored Core like game is coming up. It's for, and Legend of Zelda and all that. It's really yeah, tempting. Link is Awakening looks pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I I it wasn't for me because I like Link's Zelda games sometimes, a, but I didn't it, feel like you know playing Link's Awakening again. Oh, have you have you played it before? I was played when I was young. Yeah, it's it's a cool Zelda game in my in my opinion because I think like the formula they did like they, they it's very like it's one of the ones that doesn't do the Zelda formula like it just kind of because like the whole thing with like renting weapons and stuff is is interesting which I think they did again in um what uh, Link Between Worlds that one I didn't play that one yeah where you you rent the weapons from the from so the, I do have a question for you guys. On top of the, what was your most enjoyable Legend of Zelda experience? Breath of the Wild. Uh, Wind Waker. Not the games, like your favorite moments in the oh. Legend of Zelda series. Oh, um, uh, hmm. um, I really realizing really I could climb literally anything in Breath. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. I think it was like like the moment in Breath of the Wild when I'm I'm running down uh, the thing and I turn over and there's a giant fucking dragon in the sky i'm like what the fuck is that and i run over to the dragon and it's like this is a dragon he's just here and then i shot him with an arrow when did i got you see like, the lightning dragon just flying through the sky by yeah. the mountain yeah so it was <laughs> oh. just, it was, that's super cool i was like farosh i saw him and i was like yeah what the fuck is this he's just <laughs> hanging out <laughs> yeah i was i was about to say you turn around and see a dragon just what an oblivion is that yeah it was it's fucking fucking baller that was the really cool moment my favorite moment in all of legend of zelda is when um my friend brayden was playing the og legend of zelda 2 on an emulator and his connection was so bad that uh i had to help him play the game just because of how shit was going bad so i had a guide up in one screen whilst he had was skyping me his screen and I would try Wait, to guide. Are you talking him. about Adventure of Link? Yes. Oh, yeah. I I was helping guide him through the game, but I couldn't see his screen because of connection issues. So he had to Skype. Skype. He had to Skype his screen, and I was looking. I said, "Okay, so th- this was like towards the later stage, early stage. It was like, okay, you're gonna go down the next two flights. You're gonna go down to the next two areas. You should see a dark on the corner. I don't see a dark on the corner." Fuck, go back to the room. Why didn't he go- just look up a guy? The game came out in the 80s. <laughs> Apparently it was... Uh, yeah, why didn't he just look up the guy? Well, well, why was this... Why were you doing like your tandem shit? What is the, what? I don't know. It made things more fun. It, it was kind of like a keep okay. talking, nobody explodes sort of thing where I'm trying to relay okay. information to him in like a funny way. And the funniest fucking scene was when... Uh, so, so for those who don't know, you had to get um, the thunder power in order to beat the Thunderbird, right? So I said, okay, all right, we got to get this cross. Why do we have to get this cross? So you can see the ghost. Why do I need to see the ghost? So you can get the thunder power. We do all that shit. And he, like, dies constantly because, like, fuck up with the controls. Uh, do I really need the thunder power? I said, well, it, it's, it doesn't have any, any clear purpose. Okay, it goes on to the next area. Unless you want to beat the final boss. Son of a bitch! And then he goes back to get it. Yeah, fucking... Uh, I also really like uh, dueling... Ganondorf in uh, Twilight Princess. Like, that whole final boss fight is fucking sick. That was really good. 
Yeah. And then like in the end, you're fighting him in the dual fucking dual arena. And there's like the lightning clashing. It's so dramatic looking. It's fucking it's fucking cool. It's good shit. Yeah. Anyways, is there anything else you wanted to mention from the direct club? No, that was it. Like Lewis mentioned my points. And then like Lewis also decided we were done talking about Astral Chain. Um, but yeah, that, that was it. Astral Chain. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to stop the thing with Astral Train. Oh, didn't you? I thought that was on purpose, because after I was like, wow, Lewis out here ending conversation on Astral Train, you laughed and then continued talking about Damon X Machina. I was like, all right, well. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Damon, I'm so, I guess that's what I'm we're so doing sorry. out here. I'm so sorry. I just got really excited. Because he's seen it, and I mean, it is like, yeah, it's like Armored Core. Armored Core is cool. I've only uh, played Armored Core, but, you know, we have a spoiler cast to get to. So we should probably we do we do not have that do this again. <laughs> yeah, and unfor um, and unfortunately it, it will be at the spoiler cast that I will need to head off. All right. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Before spoiler cast, everyone who's like Scott said, all two of you, everyone who's used to James's weird news. James asked me to do his weird news. He sent me a story, and I said no. So we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Bef- pre pre spoiler cast, so anyone who's like it's still gonna be on the topic. You don't need to leave yet. Skyler can talk about this. Um, we're gonna be talking about Maru Penguin Drum. The thing about that is there's some stuff you can get into sl- before that that would enhance your experience of this. So, you know, if it's like, hey, this is a series I've watched and I like, or hey, this is a series you know you guys talked about before and I'm interested in. Look into the things that I was about to say, and it should help you out in your level of enjoyment for it. Yeah, okay. So, uh, alright, so the thing with all of this kind of director's works is that he draws shit from so many different places for his inspirations and whatever. So basically, the deal with Penguin Drum is that it's heavily inspired by two things. Uh, the first and foremost, I've mentioned it before when I've talked about this show, is that it's inspired by um, the 1995 uh, Tokyo sarin gas attack. That was like a Tokyo. It was a terrorist attack that's perpetrated by this cult called Om Shinrikyo. And the specific like like interpretation and like the view of this event that uh, Ikuhara is like drawing from is the. Uh, like the what am I I'm trying to think of the words basically he agrees with this book that came out this uh, book is called underground and it's written by a famous Japanese author whose first name I forget but his, his last name is Murakami um, and he's you know, a very, very famous author so that book is very influential to the series and the like the <clears throat> In the show, they even like name drop Murakami at one point because one of the characters wants to go find uh, a, one of his short story collections or whatever. And then the other thing, so that, that I feel like that's the most important thing that you should know because that's like what the show is about. Ikuhara even talked about how he wanted to make the show in like the like early two thousands, like late to late nineties. It was literally told no because it was too recent. <clears throat> It was too recent in everyone's memories, and it would be too uh, fresh 
So he he literally waited a decade to make the show because he wasn't allowed before. Um, and then the second thing is a there. It's a book, but he specifically references the film version um, of uh, this thing called Night on the Galactic Railroad, which again, famous Japanese um, book slash movie <clears throat> about uh, this kid named his name's Giovanni. And his friend Campanella, and they get on this train, and it goes into space, and it's a metaphor for dying. <laughs> That's what the whole movie is about: accepting death in its various forms. And it's like super Christian, um, which is again, you know, weird because Japan um, is not, you know, mostly Christian. But that again also is a major influence on Penguin Drum as well. So those are like the two things I feel like you should have a vague knowledge of before you watch it. You don't even really you don't you don't need to read Underground because you know you can just read the the Wikipedia article about you know what's conclusions and stuff. And then the show does a decent to okay job of explaining the things that it is taking from Night on the, Night on the, on the Classic Railroad. So you don't like per se need to watch it, but there's some stuff that it references where it's like you probably do need to have some knowledge because. Otherwise, this like couple of lines of dialogue won't make any sense. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, yeah. So, would it. you say there's an order that should be best? Like, should you read the underground stuff before Nine Black Railroad? Does it matter? Just, well, like... no, that that doesn't matter at all because okay. they are those, those things aren't connected. Um, okay. I think, I think that. Book I didn't was think they were from like you know a terrorist gas attack and a Christian story about accepting death. But I didn't know yeah. they were like, hey, don't do this first. Yeah, so both of those things are. Like you know, influences on Penguin Drum, and I think that yeah, but you don't need to um, yeah, you don't need to watch one before the other or whatever. The movie is also pretty good. Like Land on the Galactic Road is a pretty good movie. So I mean, I it's you should just watch it because it's good. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, get my girlfriend into uh, Penguin Drum at some point, and I was like, all right, you know, let me let me ask you about this, and it doesn't seem like there's that much. Like uh, Night on the Galactic Road is also that makes it easier for us to watch. Um, we're gonna clear through our. Li- we are so close to being done with so many shows. We have two episodes left of Asobia Sobisei. We're ha- halfway through Devilman Crybaby. We have three episodes left of uh, Goblin Slayer. We got five episodes left of Cowboy Bebop. Like we're almost done with so much. Once we wipe through a lot of that, um, uh, I'll be like, okay, let's get let's get this done because I feel like she'd like it a lot. I want to actually show her some shows that like have really good image. Oh, okay. Before we go into this, anyone listening now, in a minute, I'm going to transition into the spoiler talk. If you don't want to hear spoilers for Penguin Drum, we'll we'll see you next time, next week. Uh, and if you do, you know, continue listening. But uh, yeah, I was like, man, I want to show her some stuff like to get her primed for this because once again, like that's one of those shows. It's not really that you can just look at and be like cool stuff's happening there's a lot of metaphors like visual metaphors in there that if you don't like if you're not the type of person to look at that it'll go over your head um so i was trying to think of like some stuff to get her used to that anything you can think of um you could watch some like like nothing like nothing major because i was thinking a lot of shows is like nothing that's like hey subtly you can tell from the art direction it's like this is this you could tell just by looking at it how the most the most baseline like low level like 
uh, like you know visual metaphors is like when people are going through certain th- scenes and you see what the penguins are doing and those are very yeah. much a direct like oh hey like when um when uh shoma was trying to talk to kamba and kamba wasn't having it you you just saw the penguins like shows penguin was trying to hand something to kamba and he would keep, he kept slapping it to the floor he's like yeah I'm re- rejecting what you're saying like it's very that is very in your face yeah um but like there's other scenes that's like very 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 subtle on how they handle things which is well, what makes wanna, me like that you could get her to watch like some yuasa stuff like i think like ping pong and tatami galaxy have like a lot of like you know we like tried Tatami Galaxy. I can do Tatami Galaxy. She was like, no, oh, my brain would subtitles, explode. Subtitles are too fast? Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's so fast. Like, yeah. you can't skip a beat. You almost can't blink for some Yeah, line. it's pretty... He talks really fucking fast. So I think... He, Is he, it he only do, him? Yeah, it's just him. It's just the main character okay. when he monologues. He, where, where it's that fast. Uh, but, like, Ping Pong, though, has some of, like, you know, like, Yuasa abstract visuals and maybe you can watch like mind game the movie um, i still haven't seen my game i still want to yeah or you could see uh like i don't know you watch fully coolie with her or um like like a like a, 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 a wow words a satoshi kon movie like millennium actress or like paprika we were so that's actually i'm glad you mentioned that uh i don't remember nothing about paprika uh, I watched it when I was a kid, and I didn't understand anything that was happening. But I remember yeah. being visually impressed by it. Actually, when yeah. I go home tonight, uh, or when I go, yeah, we're gonna watch one of two movies: either Paprika or Castle of Cagliostro. See, that's hard. I really fucking love Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, the movie is I, so good. Because I was like, all right, here's the thing. I was like, I don't remember nothing about this. Because she was like, hey, let's watch a movie that. Uh, she wants to watch stuff that I haven't seen before because, like, everything I've shown her has been trial and error. I'm not going to throw her under the bus with a show that I'm not sure if it's good or not. But she still just wants to watch stuff I haven't seen. So, it's like, I've seen Paprika, but I remember literally nothing about it. I mentioned, you know, being impressed by the visuals, but I didn't understand what was happening. So, it would be something new for us. Like, Castle of Cagliostro is, like, I love Lupin. And, like, I'm mad I hadn't seen it sooner because that's, like... That's up there for me as far as anime movies and Lupin properties. Cause like, yeah, it's one of it's like one of the best Lupin things to exist. It's really good. Yeah, so I was like, <clears throat> I'll let you decide. She's like, I can't decide, and I was like, I actually can't because I don't know. They're both good picks. One I really want to see. The other I love. Yeah. Uh... So okay, <clears throat> at least. At least I have my list. I do have ping pong and I do have Paprika, so I'll show her some one of those things. We should probably get on to actual spoiler cast instead of like, yeah, hey, we should, what's yeah, Claude's we'll, girlfriend gonna watch? Futzing around. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. you just saw it, so how about you start us off on this? Um, <clears throat> so, it was a show that at first I had almost no interest in watching. Not because it wasn't good, but because, as you could probably tell from a lot of our dialogue here, there's, well, James treats like more of a meme, more than a meme, but there's a meme about Skyler liking little girls. It's not true, you know. Cats out of the bag. Surprise! Skyler doesn't like little girls. <laughs> well, I, 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 I really hope that wasn't uh, ever seriously considered. I think Scott. I think James seriously considered it. 
I think he memed to the point that he considered it. Well, that's a James thing, is that he, where he memes so hard that he actually starts believing the meme himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, Schrodinger's cat with a lot of stuff. Not simultaneously dead and alive, but meme. like, yeah, he's Schrodinger's meme. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So there was a line you made. I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, no, it was literally just I don't know. I posted a GIF, I think, and it was of the of the of, the, of like the transformation sequence, or no, actually no. Yeah, what, actually, I remember. What it was, it was I posted a picture of my desk when I first moved into my dorm, and I have the Penguin Drum art book on it, the one that has all of this, all the storyboards and shit on it, and the art that's on the cover mm-hmm. is drawn by Shoko Nakamura, who did all the art for the EDs and stuff, um, uh, is like a image of Himari, and it's like one half of her is like her normal form, the other half of the one is the one where she's possessed by the hat, um. And it's sort of like, like in like a very like abstract kind of visual pattern or whatever. The like clothing is like 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 being like wisped off of her like smoke on both sides or whatever. And it looks really nice. Like it's a, it's 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 really good art. But uh, fucking somebody in chat made it look like Skylar. Why you got a half naked little girl on your desk? And I'm like, no, you stop it. You shut up. And so um, uh, fucking. I forget what I said. We were like, I, I forget what the you concept of it was. Throughout the show, she's in constant, she's in varying states of undress. And yeah, I, like, I, I, I did say that. All. I did, yes. But that is true. It's a true statement. Because yeah. uh, and... because people were like, and we were like, it's it's just, I mean, it's a thing that happens in the show. So it's like, I'm not going to, yeah. Um, So they, yes, correct. Yes. So I was not interested in the show at all. And then something happened over time. I was watching more and more anime. Um, some that Skylar had mentioned to me that he liked, and I watched and I liked. Others that had been on my radar, and I liked, and I found out later that he liked. I think the final nail in the coffin for that was uh, Ping Pong. Because I, I started to find like, a trend where it's like, I didn't really know too much about like his anime taste versus mine for some shows. Because, like, half of his list was stuff that I hadn't seen or hadn't heard. And after Ping Pong, I was like, it feels like while there's some stuff, you know, I like Yandere, he likes, you know, he doesn't like that. There's there's some stuff we differ on. For the most part, we had similar taste. So I was like, all right, what's the show he's been raving? Because I had just finished Ping Pong and I fell in love with it. It was the first time in a long time a show had broken my top five. Because my top five has, like, remained the same since I watched Hunter Hunter in like 2014. Um, so like what else is on his list? He was talking about that penguin drum show. And if it's if it's that good for him, maybe I'll try it. So I started watching it. I loved it. I got halfway through and then I think a new season of anime or something started and it made me put it down or maybe I just got busy. I don't remember. And then he through it through subtle displays of passive aggressiveness, Skylar kept egging me on like putting in the he changed the chat description i don't even check chat descriptions just one day i was like all right let me see some of the funny ones because stewie changed one and the the one for our anime channel was like claude when are you gonna finish penguin drum i swear to god i was like damn it has been a couple months fine i'll watch i'll finish it and the show is good the show is definitely good for the first half and it's good for the next five episodes of the second half and then it just does this thing where it ramps up 
like significantly in like the final five episodes. I was like, whoa, 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 what is happening? Like in a good way. Um, and like I, I, I finished it. I must say Monday I finished it. I think so. Maybe yeah, it was. It, it it was like whatever that night was when you hit. I think it was Monday where you hit like episode nineteen and twenty, and I was like, "Yeah, this next couple episodes are like really fucking good. Like you're you're in there now. The end of the show is fantastic." And you just and you just kind of like when they went and did some homework, and then you're like, oh, "I'll just finish it." <clears throat> yeah, it was a. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um. I don't. I still am having a hard time placing it. It's not in my top five, but it's definitely in my top ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, the top t- like six through ten has been shuffling around more re- more recently. Five is hard to break into for me. Um, but it's definitely hit top ten. Uh, I mean, it's in my top th- tentative top three. Uh, uh, behind what? Um, ping pong and uh, Evangelion. Let me actually look at my uh, my analyst. I'll, I'll say exactly. Cause I can't even off my top five easy. It's just six through ten. I don't recall what I ordered it as. Um, okay, favorite animes. Okay, yeah, so one is Hunter Hunter, then JoJo, um, Cowboy Bebop, Hajime no Ippo, Ping Pong. Then it goes Berserk twenty sixteen. Well, twenty. Jesus Christ, Berserk ninety seven. Oh my God. Um. Phil Miss Brotherhood. Okay. Um, uh, a Place Further in the Universe, Gurren Logan, and then at the number 10 spot is Penguin Drum. Okay. I might put it above Gurren Logan. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, man. It's like my top five used to be pretty solid, but then it was... The, the, thing, the only things that are still there for my old top five are Evangelion and Gurren Logan. I don't. Even, I don't even remember what used to be in there. I'll be real. Um, the like I said, six through ten shuffles a lot for me. But a show has to do a lot. A show has to either like get me into something or do something very special for me. Like Hunter Hunter, like I felt was like all around fantastic. I already loved Shonen. Like that had been something with me since I was a kid, and it's the best Shonen I'd ever seen. JoJo just was like something I'd never seen anything done like that before. I felt like. As as weird as Iraqi's writing style is now, as you forget stuff, like they do a fantastic job setting up characters and villains and fights. And I've always liked the idea of like, no, I'm not stronger than you, but I'm smarter than you, or I'm more clever. And not that like pseudo, I'm more clever, like Code Geass, because I don't like that show. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, Cowboy Bebop is just. It's classic. It's one of the first anime I got into that was not wasn't like a kids thing. It was very much like a no, we're being we're being serious here. Um Epo got me back into boxing. And then Ping Pong was just one of the most fantastic character stories I've ever seen where I am happy with the ending of every single character. Yeah, yes. Per- perfectly wrapped up ending. Amazing show. Yeah. But we should be. Well, let me. I keep. I keep derailing talking about my. Not about Penguin Drip specifically. Yeah, I mean that. That was me. You know how I got into it and all that. So, what about you? Where did you? You. Uh, I know you said you watched it in like high school, but what was your yeah. journey with the show? Okay, so, um, it's actually really weird. 
Okay, so I I knew I learned of the show via Reddit as kind of I did most a lot of the things I did uh, when I was getting into anime I would browse our anime a lot and read comments and try to figure out you know what I should watch. Um, and I remember very vividly there was a, a Reddit post. It's a very common Reddit post I think that you that you see on Reddit, which is like you know name some shit what's your favorite underwatched show what's your show that you like that people don't haven't seen yada yada whatever um so it was one of those threads pretty much and i was like looking through it trying to find shit to watch um and some guy posted a comment that was like i don't remember the exact comparison that he made like what he said but he basically said that he felt like Penguin Drum was what Evangelion wanted to be. At the time, I was a big fan of Evangelion, so I was like, well, okay, that's like a big praise that he just gave this thing, so I guess I'll look at it. And then someone else in the thread recommended it also. I was like, well, look at this thing. So now coming off of the show, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck that guy is on about because uh, they're very different. <laughs> like, I don't understand like the comparison at all. Um, mm-hmm. But that was what got me to like put it on my radar, basically. I, I know what this thing is now. Um, and then I thought it was on Hulu. So I watched it on Hulu. Well, yes, I mean, it was, it was either when I had just graduated from high school or I had started my first semester of college. It was like one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so I watched it on, on Hulu the first time. And I, at that time I was watching it and I kind of had this experience where like, I liked it and they were, I, I, I enjoyed the characters and the, the animation and art was really nice. And I, I was into it, but I didn't quite like understand like what it was trying to like to say, I guess. Um, and I didn't know uh, any of the shit I mentioned before about like the historical context of the things that inspired the show or anything like that. Um, so going in, so coming out of it, I was like, yeah, that was pretty good, but I didn't feel like I was like attached to it emotionally because I just didn't fully understand what it was going for. Like I, I didn't. For lack of a better word, I didn't get it. I guess, I mm-hmm. you know, um, and so then in college, like, uh, like about a year ago, I decided to rewatch it on a whim, uh, during finals week, <laughs> because you know I'd be like that, I guess, uh, and so yeah, I just like I, I binged it during finals week. I think I finished it in like four days, um, and it was like my laptop broke during that time too, so I had to like find a way to stream so like put you watch it on the tv using my laptop because i had a dead monitor um so uh yeah so that that's kind of my thing with it uh that's how i that's how i got into it also my history i guess with the series i've you know i've talked before about how um you know i'm a big fan of this director i had i had seen utena also before i had rewatched penguin drum and then rewatch uh seeing um Utena and then coming away with the, literally the same impression of like this show is pretty good but I feel like I didn't get it like I didn't fully appreciate what it was doing so like coming away mm-hmm. from both of those shows with the same impression made me kind of feel like I should go back now that I'm like a bit older and have read more things um maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to get something more out of it than I did the first time I saw it um yeah that's that. So, do you want to like? So, I want to talk to you. How do you want to structure this? You want to talk about the plot? You want to talk about what do you? How do you want to? Where do you want to take this? I didn't have like 
uh idea because we it feels like we do something different each time depending on what you feel like doing yeah because um, i feel like a lot of times when you do like you know lot lot like, like long-running shonen or like narrative focused shows it's a lot easier to just talk about like the plot and go to, and run down all the cool shit you want to talk about this is not really one of those shows so it just it, it depends how you want to take it i guess um fuck i don't have anything specific in mind we could just talk about different things we like really appreciate about it like characters our thoughts on them i it, it doesn't even matter i you know just like a discussion because it's not like okay. you said it's not like a long running show where it's like okay let's start with the Saiyan art or Saiyan saga and let's go to Frieza saga and all that it's, it's uh... all right. yeah so uh so you're on the you're on the train with me right and you're like uh Himari is the most precious smile that's ever existed and must be protected yes. at all costs and you okay. get that really early you get that really quick Dude, first episode immediately opens like that scene in the house, and yeah, that whole scene is like, oh no, because it's like, because like they immediately like play off the like the initial scene where she's like on the thing talking about you know it's Himari Day. We, I, you said I can do whatever I want. We're going to the aquarium, and she's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's really that whole scene where they eat breakfast is really cute and it's whatever and then they immediately are like oh yeah she's like she's gonna die she has the disease the anime sickness and you're like okay great fantastic oh so something i actually kind of breaking order for like how we were starting this because it came to mind now the hat that was half of momoka right yes there was two momoka didn't act like that so why did she act like that Oh, you mean the princess of the of the of the crystal or whatever? When when she was yeah, in that, I didn't know what her name was. I, I yeah, that's know. that's like an art book thing. They that the the version of Himari that's in the when she they're in like the subway or whatever. That's the, mm-hmm. that's referred to as the princess of as the princess of the crystal, is what they call that. Um, right, because the reason is like if that's half of Momoka and Momoka is a precious girl and Himari is the sweetest thing that's ever existed. Why does like Hat Himari, you know, Princess in the Crystal, call people stupid bitches and say yeah, they'll yeah. never amount to anything. Well, and then the part where Sheila's taking pictures of the nurse lady or whatever of the of the of the a hand, of the handler. Yeah, just standing uh, over her taking pictures because she pictures. was there creeping on her in the hospital. And she yeah. had a okay. That's something I want to talk about first. What is your favorite goofy moment with her? I really like the I really like that one a lot. And then I also really like the part where she drinks all the milk. To prove that she's yes, not a human. Himari like, is lactose intolerant. I can drink milk. I can drink all that's this your, milk. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and milk. they're like, oh, uh, you know, congrats, Himari. You practice on drinking milk and not getting sick. I like, also. Okay, you think this is a game, bitch? Let's take this hat off. And then, <laughs> then she yeah. just wrinkles. I also really liked the one where the girl was like spying right before the moment where she has the camera where she's spying on her through the window and then Himari looks at the camera and has the sign that says survival strategy it's on just it. It's a notepad that yeah. says survival strategy. Yeah, that There's also good. when they're like, yeah, we can get the diary and we don't have to worry about that hat any, or you know the hat anymore. And he's like, no, you still do. And they look up and she's just eating takoyaki next to them. Yeah. Bro, that scene is great where they're like they're cooking takoyaki. There's like so I remember when I was watching it that I kept having to pause it because like look at look at all these faces. These I gotta collect all the Himari faces in this scene. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh 
So yeah, so I guess like, so you're asking the question is why the why Himar is like that with the thing. I guess it's like I guess it's just that the the whatever causes the bullshit is not it's not like Momoka because the whole thing is like the hats are supposed to be like the halves of Momoka sort of, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like um whatever because it's like a thing and being like you know it's just whatever that halves of Momoka. I don't think it's supposed to be that the that Momoka possesses Himari though when she's in the hat when the hat thing happens it's just that that's like whatever personality that the hat has I guess right like because yeah. I wouldn't have ever assumed that mainly because she is there with Ringo once and yeah. there I figured if that was Momoka you'd get some dialogue instead well, of her calling her a stupid it, bitch yeah because if it was Momoka why would she hate her own sister with such violence like because like yeah like she the hat the the hat despises ringo she does not like her at all um yeah so i i I don't think i don't think that's ever fully explained if it is probably an art book or something but i'm pretty sure it's just like the 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 whatever personality that the hat has because it's it's just kind of like an entity that's like i'll do this magic shit for you um, and it's kind of like I don't know. And then the the two hats end up being like Momoka's the because well, it's a thing where Momoka split herself into two halves or some shit. But then it was no, those so two halves Momoka were also did the, half of her uh, did her spell. But yeah. Sanatoshi put a sticker because Sanatoshi yeah, also knew that's magic. Right. That's right. And it was yeah. Like, nah, you're doing half your spell. You're getting fucked up too. Yeah. And they so both then, got so split. Then, but he became yeah. like a ghost for a curse. Yeah, and she became two hats. Yeah, so he he and so he and he became the two rabbits, right? That was the thing, and then she became the the penguin hats. Um, Did he become the two rabbits? Yeah, I, I think the there were, were like something about a callback to that story of the god and a curse. Well, I think it was. I think it was both. I think it was both. Because if I remember correctly, in that scene, you see like after the spell happens, that he just turns into the two rabbits. I'm 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 be remembering it because it's been a fucking it's been a year since I've seen it. I believe so I believe that does stuff, happen. Yeah, some of those details. Yeah, but um, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I so I'm pretty sure the two rabbits are supposed to be like his physical ish form, I guess. But it's also like that shit doesn't matter really. Like the that's yeah. that te- that technical shit doesn't matter. He does Ikara doesn't care about any of that. Um, so like, what are some aspects of the show that you think were, you know, cool? Like th- things that, things that really stuck out to you as being memorable, like just like just in general, uh, the way the way the way the show, you know, carried itself, um, I guess. On a less serious note, I love the gags with the survival strategy mm-hmm. when they got there and like un- up to a certain point, the reaction was like the, eh, eh, eh. And then yeah, like yeah, they got to a certain fun. point where like, okay, we get it. Can you give us our sister back? Or she we don't not. need you. like I do like that. I do love like <clears throat> even though she's I don't understand what she is a hundred percent. But I do love how goofy and sometimes serious uh wh- what did you say she's called? The Princess of the The something? Princess of the Crystal. Princess of the Crystal. I'm I'm probably not gonna remember yeah. that for some reason. It's weird yeah. that it's only in the art book and she's never addressed. Yeah, she's never called that in the show, but it's like, yeah, as I, I forget 
where the name officially comes from. Maybe it's like in the credits or something. But uh, that is what she's called. Like, even, even, that's, that's what it calls her on the Menderoid that I have. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I uh, I really appreciate her existing, and like, oh, like I don't think there was a moment with her I did not like. Yeah. Um, and like I was mentioning earlier when I was asking about like stuff for my girlfriend to get into, there was a lot of like the imagery that I thought was like phenomenal. Uh, earlier on, you know, there there was there was moments mostly like I like the simple stuff with the penguins because I was mm-hmm. looking at like face value stuff. But mm-hmm. after a certain point where I started like looking deeper, like one of the scenes where it's like, um, when it was like, uh, who was it? It was. Kanba, who was like basically isolating himself from everything, mm-hmm. and he was walking off, and Hermari was trying to chase a uh, cat uh, chase after him. And when she's running down the hallway, there's a specific angle you're seeing it where it's like the lights are set up like a prison, like the way like there's yeah. lights and penguins like in the lights because penguins are the theme. And like mm-hmm. when she's running, you can see like front and center, like from how the lights are set up, it looks like a prison cell and a penguin inside of it. So it was like okay, like how like. And you get to see some imagery with him being in a prison cell next to uh, Shoma. So it's like stuff like that. I was like, okay, let me look a little bit closer. And there, yeah. it, like, it's just filled with stuff like that where it's like, if you pay close enough attention, like this is very representative of like what characters are doing or going through. And I found that very interesting. I, like that, that shit blows my mind when they do it well. And that show does it fantastic. My yeah. favorite scene of which is probably the last episode when they are in like whatever that dimension is the crystal i guess um and it's the three it's the siblings uh mm-hmm. pseudo siblings the siblings um and it starts with Hamari, and like you said like you know the, the way she was taking off her clothes when she was like just going down the stairs and said she's when, going when she's stairs. walking up the stairs yeah yeah and like she's getting cut and they reference the like her being cut and whatnot to like they're like their own like pain and like not failures i don't remember what the other word they used to call it was and you see himari getting cut up and like you know the clothes coming off like she was when she was walking down the stairs you see it happening with shoma and you would have gotten some lines uh what was her name from masako you got some lines from masako about like how like he is holding it all in they're the only ones who can save him and when they find when she finally gets to him like it unlike her in in shoma was like okay yeah there's some cuts and you see like you know, quote unquote blood. It's like the little penguin symbols, but yeah, all, all, all the all the punishments they kept in, or whatever. The yeah, little... punishments. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't pain. I knew it was something else. It yeah. was punishment. And like he is just exploding out of him. Like where before it's like, hey, you got cut, and it was like an arterial spray. It's like no, it feels it's like there's multiple fire hoses, and he is screaming at the top of his lungs. And he's been so closed off from everyone since the beginning. You didn't really understand. Like how much it was affecting him, you just heard other people saying it affected him, which I liked a lot. He did a really mm-hmm. good job of, of hiding that, to, and like they, and yeah. it was a great payoff when you actually see how it was affecting him. Like mm-hmm. so, scenes like that, I don't think I will ever forget, and I love them. Yeah, I think in like a broader sense, I'm a big fan of. So Ikuhara does this thing that I think is really interesting, and in, I, I really like the way that he does it because it's like because he does it. In every show that he he's done that I've seen so far, but he does it differently in in all of them. So he he really really likes this idea of like juxtaposing, um, of of juxtaposing real like real life with like a fan a fan a fantastical 
version of real life uh in utena it's different in the sense where it's like the idea of the world that you that the world that the characters inhabit is supposed to be like an idealized like shoujo manga version of real life and then you juxtapose that with like the like magic shit that happens with uh, akio and then the 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 castle and all that whatever and so he and then then at the end of the series they like completely like reject the real the false reality of the show and go into the real world whatever here so that's the thing but in this and penguin drum it's much more like overt because there's so, so much emphasis placed on tokyo and like real life locations in tokyo uh like whenever they go change locations in the series there is a uh a, a fucking subway ticker that shows you where, where they're going what line they're taking they went from this uh district to this district and there's a, the, the sound effect that plays is the sound effect that plays when you're on the japanese subway train and uh there's always an establishing shot of a real life location in that place you're going to i think i mentioned uh we're going to take a, a, a trip to japan and i one of the things i wanted to see was i wanted to go see that that statue um in it's a nikkei bukuro of like the two people that are like inverted or yeah, whatever like yeah yeah i remember that from like where like he goes underground yeah with masako yeah yeah that statue it's outside like a shopping center in Ikebukuro. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you juxtapose that, like those, you know, obvious, you know, real life things with shit like the child broiler and like the, the child fucked up. fantastical things like the subway shit and um, like the and then and then you even kind of see it with like the, the house the characters live in is like a shack, basically that is on the side of the road but has very clearly been painted to look out of place in its environment um and i think that that's really cool because it's kind of like this thing where um ikuhara uh he talked about we well, talked about it with utena and he mentioned it again with penguin drum that he really his thing that he his thing when he writes characters is he really wants to write to make you understand people that society would deem as being wrong Something that people would look at them in society and be like, no, that that's bad. Terrorist. You should stop. You should stop doing that. Uh, so in Penguin in, in Utena, you obviously have like the gender relationships and like you know, uh, like gay relationships, things like that, right? Um, and then in in, in um, Penguin Drum, it is the family relationship, and that is very, uh, let's just say, not standard. That is not a normal family relationship. And the show kind of acknowledges that at multiple points as being like they're playing like a facsimile of a family. Um, yeah. And so like... Uh, slightly unrelated, sorry. Actually, yeah. no, you can continue with your point. I'll, I'll ask after. Okay. Um, and so it's sort of, yes. And so it's sort of like this idea of playing up the like disconnect these characters have from the reality and then also using the real life locations as stand-ins for fantastical things like i fucking love that tokyo tower is just momoka there's some amazing scenes in the show where like tabuki and yuri are talking and they'll be like in their apartment and then they'll be like having a conversation and then tokyo tower will be like dwarfing both of them while they're speaking and like though and it'll be like there's, there's actually a really scene i remember maybe being very good where um 
they're having like an argument where they're both talking about how like you know they're disagreeing with how they're going about the thing and uh talking about how they're like disgracing momoko's memory or whatever and there's this really wide shot where they're both on opposite sides of the room and dead center of frame in between them is tokyo tower through the window um yeah and that shit's really fucking good um and like whenever yuri is on screen they try to incorporate tokyo tower in some way um i think it's really cool uh and so yeah so just like the the way that they the way that they that he sort of plays with um real life locations and reality is really i think is really interesting to me i really like that part of the show Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah what, what was your question? The thing I was going to ask, yeah, so it was unrelated to this because I was like, man, what else has he done? <clears throat> and yeah, so in three shows and a bunch of OPs. Yeah, so that's the thing I was going to ask. Have you seen his third show? I have not seen Yurikuma Arashi, no. Yeah, that was the thing I like. I was like, okay, what was the third show? Um, and I saw that and I saw it was also a magical girl show, and I was like, wait, what? It's not really a magical well, girl Well, the tags show. on it are fantasy, science fiction, Yuri, and magical girl. And Utena also is not really a magical girl show. Um, By proxy of the fact that it has a transformation is the only thing you could call it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Actually, looking at the tags on Utena, all I'm seeing is fantasy, romance, Yuri, which is yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Um yeah, so I mean, so the thing with Yurikuma Rashi, I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen we episode. Started. I started up. I've seen the first three, four episodes of it. Um, so essentially, what it is, from what I understand, it was a troubled production, and it was shorter than it was supposed to be, and the the he didn't get back a lot of the staff that he got on Penguin Drum, so it was just kind of rough. Um. And, uh, so, so the thing with Penguin Drum that I talk about with Penguin Drum is that it shows 24 episodes long and that is a fucking dense 24 episodes of show. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it feels like he needs every single second of that show to fully address all the things he wants to do in it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for fully doing Ringo's story and Yuri and Tabuki talking about, the full impact of the effects of the terrorist attack and, you know, making his still making his point about, you know, uh, fate and, and determinism and blah, 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 all that shit. It takes him 24 episodes to do that. And it's like, it's, he, it's full to burst with bullshit. Right. Uh, Utena is there 40 episodes long. And part of the, that shows like part of that shows methodology and um, like, like the ethos, the way that it's structured is built around it being a longer series. Like that show knows it's long and if it was shorter, it really wouldn't work. And so I feel like with Yurikuma Arashi that the problem I can already assume that it has is just that it's too short and so he couldn't do all the things he wanted to do how he'd want, how he wanted to do them. Um... So I mean I, I don't I don't know that that's the case I have I have heard that is the case from people that like his shows and that have seen it, um, but I have not I have not seen it myself so I don't know. 
Well, I'll, it, it's pretty short. I'll actually check it out and it simultaneously I, piss I off someone from the best friend subreddit. Very gay. It is like it that said one Yuri is, in the tag. No, it is like like there's there's a part in the first episode where it's like obviously like a metaphor for like oral sex and they're like licking a the what? the sap out of a out of a, a lily petal or whatever. Oh uh, no. It's like bruh, that shit that shit's that shit's like maximum gay. Yeah. Um, also, what I do know is that it's a co-directed series. Uh, Ikuhara directed it, but also it is half of it is directed by um, the guy who directed uh, Review Starlight. That's a good sign, though. Well, I haven't finished yeah. Review Starlight. I'm at four episodes in. I yeah. made the mistake of checking the series out with my girlfriend, so now you our ankles are chained yeah. to it. Yep. Yeah, I can't watch it and finish it on my own. I have to wait for her to be ready to watch it. So yep. I fucked myself. Yeah. So uh, he he's cool. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So he he actually speaking of going looping back to Penguin Drum, he actually um worked on that show as well. Uh, he was a episode director on a bunch of episodes. Uh, it was specifically in the latter half, and it was he was taught to direct, um, during the production of the show by Yukihara. Um. Because before that, because before that, he was a key animator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, so that's a cool thing to know. Um, I f- I forget which ones he directed. It was probably like, I think it was like nineteen. I think I don't remember. But yeah, he was um apparently principal director on a lot of shit later in the show, and because I- Ikuhara was very impressed with him. Hmm. I was gonna ask. Um. So for you, do you have a uh... Okay, this is someone we we talked about briefly, but we didn't really talk about. Because I was like, I was like, I've never got such an ominous feeling by a character so immediately as I did Sanatoshi. Uh, what are, what are oh, your thoughts yeah, okay. as far as going? Okay, so the first time I saw the show, you look at him and he's like in the OP, and you're like, this dude, this dude, this dude's sinister. This guy's a thing. I remember when I saw the show the first time when I got to episode nine, I think it's his first appearance, right? He was sort of like, I was like a thing where I didn't think he would be the villain. I thought he was going to be like a rogue agent type character that would show up and give like, like cryptic bullshits to characters. And then I wasn't sure who the villain would be. Um, But coming around watching it again, he just reminds me so much of Akio from Utena. Um, and it's just like, you can definitely see that it's like, again, you have the villain of both shows is kind of like this charming st- character that is like this stand in for like a perceived societal ill. Like where Senatoshi talks about um, the, 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 you know, how people are in their boxes and they can't escape kind of shit. Um, and he's supposed to be like this idea of this, like, you know, this problem that society has being that what he says, right? Cause the show doesn't, the show doesn't entirely think that he's wrong when he's in his thing. But at the same time, it's also like, bro, why, why you gotta be like this? Like you're, 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 you're,
you're going about this in, in the most wrong way possible. Kind of like you're messing. Gotta fuck this earth. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I forgot, I forgot where, I was, where I was going with that. Oh yeah. So it's 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 very similar with Akio, where Akio is he is like positioned as wrong, but he's also thought of in a way where it's like you really can't not have people like this like he's like not this this is not good in in a pure sense but also it's like you can't you can't have this guy and just you you can't not have this and there's in his outlook is not entirely wrong or bad um which i think is is interesting so i, I think it's very similar in how they was how Santoshi was handled uh, well, did you have a, a favorite episode? What was your favorite episode? Either nine or twenty-one. Yeah, those are good. Twenty-one was which sorry, one? not twenty-one. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, I'd say mine is either nine or twenty. I really like twenty a lot. Fucking episode nine is incredibly good. That one. Um. By the way, that episode was a solo effort. It was directed, storyboarded, and solo key animated by one person whose name I don't remember. Something Takayuchi. I'm going to look up real quick. Um, and this is a guy that is um, a, a, a Ikuhara's new show with MAPPA, Sarazanmai. He is co-director on it. So the guy that directed episode 9 is um, co-directing this thing with Ikuhara. And he also worked on a bunch of Shaft shows. So he's like art director on all the monogatari series um and he also is the guy that uh designed the visual style of the Hughes and monogatari movies um so that's cool hmm. nobuyuki takayuchi i think well yeah um, I believe I believe it is yes. Is Nobuyuki Takeuchi is the guy's name? Yeah, we're going the Pat Labor movies. Yeah, so uh, fucking episode nine has like wallpapers every fucking twelve seconds. It, should, it just the, looks so good. The only thing I was like, oh no, why was when uh, Sanatoshi was about to, was trying to kiss her. I was uh-huh. like. He's yeah. really about telling this little girl to kiss. I was like, please stop. Yep, that also, that also reminds me of Akio. Because <laughs> he's like, Ak- he, he leans over this, how old is Samari? 14? Maybe? Well, yeah, she's a year younger than the her brothers and they're 15. Okay, yeah. Tr- one, trying to uh, um, kiss this little girl. And she's like, stop it. He's like, okay. He got close before she was like, stop it. And then yeah. the second time when they're having a conversation, he was like, no, I want, oh, you know, yeah, love, yeah. you know, something special. It's like, nah, just kiss all the time. You can get like a million kisses. I'm like, Sanatoshi, please. I actually really, I actually really like that scene where she's talking about like, um, you know, feeling like if she doesn't know if she should chase after the people that she cares about or whatever. And he's talking about how like, uh, there's a difference between kisses, you know, the, the normal kisses and that you have like, they're like small cuts versus the ones that you like drown in or whatever. Um, 
I think that was really interesting because they also have like the I forget there's like oh shit I forget what the book is there's a scene in the foreground of that it cuts to the rabbits and they're reading this book I forget what it is though now it's been a long time but I remember that being like I don't remember either it being I like a my attention, but I don't remember what it was yeah it was like relevant to the thing the scene that was happening I actually forget um. Yeah, and I remember that scene is it's it's good because it's it's really interesting because of how her comments and his comments, the advice that he gives her, are both reflected in her relationship with not only Shoma, and but also Kanba, right? Because you're watching it and you immediately can relate what she's talking about to her feelings for Shoma because you know she's in love with Shoma. Um, but then it's a soulmate. Yeah, but then also it's she's like worried about kanba so she has like the two halves of that conversation of being like you know wanting to pursue her feelings for shoma but also at the same time wanting to like be there for kanba who is you know having a very very different it's it's a, it's a very it's a very two very different interpretations of the meaning of that conversation and they both of them apply to both different characters i think that was really it's it's just very well done hmm. yeah so um anything else you got huh says so is, is there anything else that you got I'm, I'm sure i can think, think of some things um one thing which I, I thought the conversation was funny in the chat uh but it was a dm so you know might as well put it here is you said this show was guaranteed too big brain for james yeah i did say that now <laughs> With him saying, because he was like, yeah, you can do a spoiler cast. It's going to be a while before I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. What areas do you think that he are going to go over since you know the subtleties of his autism better than I don't think that, like, I think there's some shit that might go over his head, but I think that's kind of unfair to assume that that won't happen to some people when they watch it the first time. Because uh, it's, it's just a show that you kind of, like, I had a, like, I... I talked about it and thought about it for like weeks after I saw it the second time to be like, yeah, okay. I think I, I think I fully understand this show and I can talk about it. And I, yeah, I, I thought think. I understood it. Um, well, okay. So, okay. So there's the, when I think when people talk about Ikuhara shows, there is, um, there's the two, there's the two halves of his, of his, uh, of, of, when you're talking about like the, the show, so you have like your, your, service level plot and themes and so this is what the work is about like on a standalone level right this is the this is the work in a vacuum with its themes and all that shit um with and then and then you have your like upper level like this is the point he's trying to make about like like the larger more broad more weirdly like specific point he's trying to make about society that is usually Mm. also like very intrinsically linked in the things that he reads and watches and also like tied into like japanese politics and stuff like that and so like with i was saying before with comparing utena to penguin drum i think that with utena it is generally i think easier to watch the show in a vacuum and get like out of it we get out of it the show like understand the show what he's trying to say you know whatever and then when you want to like go to that second level of being like okay what is it he's trying to say it's like a huge wall of like 
what is what is there so much there's so much shit you have to talk about like the influences from greek theater and the like implications of invoking like the I forget what the fucking book is called but the, whatever the book the abraxas quote is from i can't remember um and all that shit and then so there's that and then with penguin drum i feel like it's slightly more difficult for the average person to watch it with no context on anything and get out of it what i think would be like you know i i, I don't think they, they get as much out of it is what i'm trying to say because like i feel like the show relies a lot on its like political context and stuff of like it, of the of especially the terrorist attack i think that's incredibly important to know about um uh but it's like not as the wall is not as high to get to that second layer of stuff but it was that was uh, that, that's what i'm talking about is like i remember reading up on like like uh, the lost generation shit and trying trying to figure out like the um because there's like a degrees of japanese thought around the time being talking about like the age of idealism versus the uh um i forget what the there's like these two like ages of literature and they were literally separated by the omjin rikyo attack i mm. think it's like the age of idealism and the age of um i can't remember it's been a bit but yeah so i was like kind of kind of getting into that shit and in fact one of the i'm in a server with a guy who runs a youtube channel actually who he's a he's a college professor um and he's going for his doctorate right now and his uh doctorate um his doctorate is in media studies and his focus for his thesis is specifically he's talking about japanese apocalypticism and it is basing itself around the om shinrikyo attack is like the focal point of like the the major thing he's talking about right so i was talking to him about some stuff as well um and so i think that like that stuff is really you know it's there i think it's cool uh and yeah so so, so I think at, at that point, it's like that stuff, you know, requires conversation and reading and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I think f- most of the time when James gets into something and he'll come, he usually comes across for, uh, with like takes that are generally about him. He'll watch something and then he'll get hung up on something very specific that doesn't really matter. Um, like there's the specific thing remember how conversation we had about walk on girl where he was very he he had this weird hang up on the thing where because the main character was the way like was like the way he was at the beginning he just didn't believe that he deserved to be redeemed at all which is really Uh, and so and so even despite the fact that he understood the errors of his mind yes so that was that was the basis of his conversation was that he was just like i don't think the main character should like should be rewarded in any sense narratively at the end because he was like the way he was at the beginning which is just and that's a thing so i think that there might be some shit like that with penguin drum where he'll watch it and be like uh, and how he didn't like how in uh summer wars uh at the end they got together because he felt like it was forced yeah it's just just something like that like where it's just like that you know a generally inconsequential aspect of the story that he just get did it just kind of clouds his entire opinion on the thing uh i i i, I feel like it, it probably would be related to like i don't know a fucking sanitoshi and trying to like come trying to like come to grips with the admittedly 
very complicated implications of simultaneously empathizing with actual terrorists and also trying to and, and also saying that their actions are wrong. Hmm. Um, I yeah. I don't know where he would go astray. Um I uh cuz I went in without half of what you're mentioning and like there's some th- there I'll say there's some stuff that went over my head. I I feel like it wasn't like bad for me like to the, like, the level of like hey, I didn't get this. Like the political stuff I I didn't really get. No. Like the stuff about like oh hey, you know uh yeah, I instantly lose my train of thought. Holy shit, how did that happen to me? We have the best of us. Well, damn, that really happened to me just now, live on live on podcast. Fucking um, brain fart. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I I felt like I got it, not not all of it, because I had to ask you for a decent amount of things. It definitely would have probably helped a lot more if I had known about. Uh, well, you you mentioned it, I just didn't ask you. Uh, but Nylon Galactic Railroad, because I remember you were saying something about an apple. And it, I need yeah, to have seen something else for to like for me to really get that. Yeah, the apple and then the scorpion shit. Do you remember the last episode, right? When they're on the thing and switches like you know, um, what was it? It's like the the living and the in the in the scorpion fire is what the the thing says at the end uh, mm. for like the two different like tracks or whatever on the train. I yeah. matched it up as a reference to Alice Road as well. Um, and then you have um, your fucking inversion of the thing where the whole show, they talk about how uh, Kanba is the scorpion fire, but at the end, is Shoma is the one that sacrifices himself uh, to become the flame. Mm-hmm. He becomes yeah. Lord Gwyn. <laughs> Lord of Cinder. Yeah. Uh, did you ever figure out, before the show told you, did you ever figure out what the penguin drum was? Um, I did not. No, <clears throat> I did not. In I fact, figured the book would be red herring because f- she never explicitly said the book was it. When I watched it the first time, even I don't think I even picked up that it was supposed to be like the apple. Like I just think that I just think that, that that whole thing went over my head when I saw it the first time. I remember being confused at the episode where like she took half of Kamba's uh, apple, half of his half. And I was like, yeah. did she take out his heart? Because it, it's yeah. not clear what she's doing at the time. <clears throat> yeah, when she takes out the thing at the beginning of the show. Because the way it's colored is like you could tell she ripped something out of him. It was all shaded and mm-hmm. she took out something red. But I, you, you can't tell exactly what. So it's like, all right, yeah. you know, he was chosen. Shoma wasn't. Shoma was like, well, I guess I'm going to die. And he gave Shoma half his apple. And then that chart. Woo boy, yeah, that, that chart. Fucking, that fucking chart. That fucking chart is the thing. Yeah, I think well the apple has some interesting shit too because you could talk about how like the apple represents like sacrifice, right? As well, yeah. And then so there's all the times when you see the apple and it has the the, the sticker on it has a different single symbol on it. So like when Shoma gives the apple to um, Himari in episode twenty, it has the Kiga Group logo on it because I think that's supposed to represent like their family. Um, 
But then when uh, Kanba is given the apple to then give to Himari in episode like 13, I think, it has uh, mm-hmm. a picture of the ampule on it that Sanatoshi yeah. uh, gives. Yeah, so it's like a whole thing. So it's sort of like there's a different party <clears throat> and action that is associated with them that has the different thing, symbols on them. Um, and so there's all, there's so much, there's, there's fucking so much shit going on in this i did find show. it weird <clears throat> unless it's like a you know symbolism thing i did find it weird that when himari went into the uh abandoned building that like you saw like kamba in all the time with his parents like mm-hmm. she just found this no she, yeah she found it oh so it couldn't have been a thing because two different people stumbled upon it she found it she's like oh shit and you didn't see what it was and then you got uh was it yuri Tuguki and Harry, right? I don't remember his name, the, the teacher. Tabuki is his name. Tabuki. You see the two of them stumble upon it, and it's like, you have the skeletons there. And at first I was like, well, uh, how's no one seen that yet? Has the building been abandoned no one entered it in the last 10 years? 14 years, no. She was born. Uh, hey, Kimari was, born... was born. Yeah. When that happened. So, yeah, it has been 14 years. <clears throat> I found that yeah. weird, but I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna nitpick that shit. I do I think, love the fact yeah. of the jealous lover coming back. Oh yeah, which by the way, that's a thing. Okay, so that's a thing. So um, I didn't pick up on the first one because I didn't know about any of this shit. But I was thinking about it in retrospect after watching review. Is that fucking Yuri is a Takarazuka review actress, and uh, that is her uh, Otomoyaku. And that's like the whole thing, right? Is that you have your Otomiyaku and your Musumiyaku and their relationship. And so like, that's like a fucking, that what just happened is like a fucking, uh, what do you call it? What's the word? The, the whole like spurned lover coming back to like kill him or whatever. That's like, they're almost like just taking the piss out of fucking, um, like your review, like, uh, uh, like penny what the what are the name of those shitty books you see at like the grocery store i forget what those are called but like the, you're like shitty like yeah dime romance novels about review actresses mm-hmm. uh like, yeah um so there's that they also have the thing where like you obviously you can see that like um they be they would ikahara and um what's it whatever his name is uh from review would become friends because they're both huge theater nerds um yeah i loved her initial scene of like <laughs> if only your husband knew you were cheating on me with a woman men don't like, understand the love women can have and she's like i'm bitch. done with you what <laughs> yeah yeah it was the, the fucking instant turnaround on that shit it was pretty funny <clears throat> like, but, but, but wait and she comes back later in like the terror suit, even though she had nothing yeah, she, to do with the organization. Well, because it, 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 it was just a trench coat and a hat to hide her face. But yeah, it, it, it's just like it looked like the the terrorist, like quote unquote uniform. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it was just kind of the thing where like the scenes with Kanba talking to his parents and them actually being dead the whole time, which is kind of supposed to be like this thing where it was like, uh, he was kind of accidentally, even if accidentally sort of like living their their ideals even though he doesn't believe in them himself 
Like he just was taking, he was like, I, I guess I'll buy into it because it's convenient for me at the moment kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so we have, they have this thing where like Himari and Shoma have both re- totally rejected their parents. And then at least metaphorically, Kanba is still inter- interacting with them um, for when, while no one else is. Hmm. Oh, um, question. This kind of just came to mind now. Yeah. And this was supposed to like, so I'm aware of why Himari is better <clears throat> because it was initially Ringo who was going to sacrifice herself to heal Himari. Right. And then Shomo was like, I will take on this burden. Right. Why is Mario better? Because to my knowledge, Neither of them knew about Mario. Oh, so I remember Satoshi just heals Mario. Remember that? He says, like, when Satoshi is with um, Kanba, and he's like, remember, please, you know, just just, just do what I say and I'll save your sister. And then he just, like, saves Mario right there, like, in that scene. So he's like, just just believe me. He saved uh... Masako also. Yeah, he saved Masako. I didn't see him save... uh... Oh, maybe I don't remember. Because like, well, he, like, he would like it was like, oh no, my sister's dead. And he was like, I could bring back Kamari if she dies. Look at this. Yeah, that's right. He rubs his finger yeah. on it, and then like Masako's alive again. And that's when she's in the bed. Yeah. She's like, no, please don't get on the train. Like no one ever yeah. talks about Mario. Uh, Mario. <clears throat> so I don't see why when it's like I'm well, taking on the burden, I'm healing him. I, I well, because I think it was the idea is they both take on the like the sin that being the that original their yeah, their parents okay. did and so mario being hurt by that is there was the same it was the same sin so i, you know, so I, I okay that i can see because like yeah. i wasn't like gonna be like james <laughs> tear mad but i was like i don't because i thought if it's to remove the curse from that that i can understand i thought initially it was like i'm using this spell to heal himari specifically that's why oh, i was yeah. like why is he better because they didn't know he existed yeah, Kamba, From, knew, but Kamba didn't take on the, the thing. Yeah, but okay, it's just like yeah. the curse. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was just the yeah taking on the the burden of because remember it was when they wanted to change the um to to change fate or whatever that was just like mm-hmm. the uh, if you take on the full burden of the sin that you're erasing basically. Oh boy, um, so I uh. I'm not going to say this is what he's like. This will probably be like one of my last points because we should probably wrap mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, thinking about James, Tiny Brain James, <laughs> do you think he would have an issue with like as serious as a lot of the story is told, there is legit magic that people have that is not explained? Because I can just run with that. But yeah. I don't know how he'd, re- how he'd respond. I don't know, because that was the thing is that uh, for for clarification on this conversation, the reason why we're making fun of James so hard is because, well, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but in this particular instance, it's because he messaged me at one point, he had forgotten which show I had recommended, and he was like, hey, what was that show that you recommended that was about terrorism? Was it Penguin Drum, or was it Terror and Resonance? Which one was it? And I said, oh, it was Penguin Drum, and then he was like, and he like read at me for like twenty full <laughs> seconds and was like, "What? But this show is a stupid magic bullshit. Why isn't this cool show with with <laughs> you know my my realistic people in Tokyo? Why why do I gotta watch this show with with dumb magic in it?" Uh, and I was like, 
fuck you, fool. <laughs> Watch the good show. Because Terran Resonance is not that good. It's, 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 you know... Oh, no, did I just crash Discord by accident? Did you? Okay, this happened last time. We have... The, we, we it, it'll, it'll fully crash in like a half hour, which means that we have time. It won't be on that long. Yeah. But yeah, so... uh. What was, what was the question? What was the question you asked me? I forgot. I was I got I got distracted. By... <laughs> I was gonna say if you think James's issue with the show. Oh like, yeah. Well, he has thing. already expressed uh, distaste for the magic part of the show because apparently, whenever you introduce supernatural fantastical elements into any sort of serious plot, he becomes incapable of taking it seriously. Um, which you know that's his prerogative. He's allowed to be wrong if he wants to be. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess really, I guess if we're wrapping up, I'll just say that this is one of those shows where I I don't know if I'd recommend it to everybody, but I think everyone should give it a shot, I guess. It's kind of an oxymoron that I just said, but it's, it's an incredible show. I'd like people to at least, like, you know, bounce off of it if they... If you watch it and you bounce off of it, then that's fine, but I feel like people should give it a shot. Because it's underwatched, underappreciated, despite being, you know, very, very good. Hmm. And my thing is uh, the same. Uh, we've we've talked about it twice. Um, I've talked about it fucking three times well, on this podcast. I meant, I meant specifically the uh, the stuff to do before it. You know, just so oh, you yeah. get the full scope. Um, yeah. That's important to do. Um, it is really weird to me that, like, as much as I'm liking the show, or as much as I like the show, that I had, and as long as I've been into anime, that until I talked to you about it, or heard you talking about it, I had never heard of it. I, mm. I feel like this is something that could be a classic. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. a thing where, like, Ikuhara is very popular in, like, circles. Uh, Utena, I think, is generally regarded as a classic. Most people have, I think, heard of it. Yes. Um, and I think that's generally his most popular work. Uh, but this is, Penguin Drum is very similarly highly regarded. Um, it's just, you know, Utena is like a big thing. Uh, so like, it's just, yeah. So, so he's definitely popular in his particular, the circles being like, you know, people that like, like Yuri circles really like Ikuhara because, you know, he's, he is a, uh, um he's bisexual in real life so he's like a lgbt director and from japan who was openly being like bruh gay people are cool i guess um and uh also he's popular in like your like obscure like film nerd anime circles because he's like such a crazy amalgamation of different influences and styles and he's so like distinct in his directing style and it's very unique and so people like people like that are super into it and then you have you know whatever uh, but outside of that he's not exactly the most mainstream anime director uh so it's probably has to do with that also his shows are like weird like yeah like utena is like weird. weird how specifically um they're not very straightforward like you, you kind of watch it, and some some people just aren't into like all the visual abstraction. 
Like I, I've noticed a lot of just people that watch them they're like this, this, and this. Why? Why did this happen? This wasn't explained. Like why? Did it, especially when thinking about people about when I was watching Gridman, how people were, how people upset people were about sort of like banal visual details or simple like things that I would have just kind of assumed that were never fully explained, despite not like, being important at all. Wait, to like what specifically? I'm curious. Um, people were upset about how they never explained where Alexis came from. Uh, or people were, I think it was like, I can't remember, there was some other, so something else about, um, the, 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 the people that were like deleted or whatever, whenever they died and they would be like forgotten or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so that, that, that was, so there was something like that, something like that, and I actually forget, but basically it was people were like, it was a bunch of people complaining about like minor, like plot details that were just kind of existed to service like aspects of Akane's story because that was obviously the focus mm-hmm. um and so i think that there's things like this here where you have like stuff in both lieutenant and penguin drum where it's like it's not like fully explained like well you know what the child broiler is why it exists in the setting because it's just a way of like furthering the show's like you know message and its visual metaphor it doesn't, really, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter why why it exists it just matters that it that it does and what it means basically um now this would probably be the last thing and this isn't even about this show i kind of don't want to but i'm open do you think i would enjoy utina um okay so utina i think when talking about like you know you 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 talked about how the last five episodes of penguin drum is like it ramps up and it's a fucking bop right and the last episode is like wow this is really great penguin or has a very similar thing where you get to the last 10 episodes of that show and they are incredible it is 10 out of 10 out of 10 episode back to back to back all for the last 10 episodes of that show it's amazing however because it's longer uh the show definitely i think for the entire first arc it's kind of like it's basically a like um shoujo series like a, it feels kind of like a slightly weirder shoujo series like there's like a there's a love triangle and there's like the 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 but the boy who's like the you know oh is he the is he the prince and then you have like the student council plot and the duels and it's very episodic and it's very like you know character focused and you kind of like can feel that like okay this is pretty good but I don't quite understand like why this is, you know, why this is an all-time classic. Basically, this is how I feel about like if you if you were just just watch the first like arc of the show, the the student council arc, because that's kind of just all set up stuff, right? But then I feel like once you get into like Black Rose, it starts, you, you, you start to understand like okay, this is like this has some stuff going on. This seems really cool. But then really, once Akio starts being like a main player in the show, is when like, I think it really becomes apparent why people are rated so highly. Um, so it's a thing where, like, I think it might take... You might not get as much out of the beginning of the show as you did with Penguin Drum, but I still think if you made it to, like, the shit with Akio, which is, like, that's, like, the last half of the show. It's, like, the last 10 episodes are, like, the last arc, but Akio shows up at the end of Black Rose, and he's there from then on to the, to the, to the end of the show. Um, I think that you would really like it. But you know it's up to you, I guess. Hmm. 
Okay, because it's one of those things where I watched some. I watched some Utena when I was a kid. You you watched the dub, right? When it was aired dubbed on TV. Yes. That's that that dub is terrible. It's so fucking bad. I I mean, this is way before I was in. Oh yeah, I know. Like I know, but I'm just saying that dub is hilariously bad. So I was like, okay, and I remember watching it, and I remember like being like, oh, kiss is is. You know, lesbians, you know, like how, you know, kids, guy, young guys. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess they're not really in a relationship. Or, or they are. Okay, well, they're not kissing, whatever. And I saw some, like, fights. And I remember only watching, like, four episodes, maybe five. And it never really caught me. Because back then, you know, Little Claw Jr. was really only into his shonen. With some exceptions. Cowboy Bebop was an exception. Um, Inuyasha was an exception at the time. Because, you know, uh, the, the etchy moments in that got me when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. There, there, were, there was very few non-shonen shows I'd watch when I was younger. And that super wasn't for me. And I've looked at it, and for a show that's older, it is gorgeous. I, I Which is weird to me. As a... I haven't even seen that show and I've seen people complain about like, you know, or not really people complain. I've seen some people talk about it and people have been like, Oh, this looks so old. Like, you know, you know, people mm-hmm. like if there's anything on Facebook or not some anime group being like, Hey, you know, remember this classic like, LOL it looks so old. <laughs> like this show looks gorgeous. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's a art design done by uh Shichiro Kobayashi. Who's a very famous, um, a, uh, art designer from Japan. He was used to work a lot with uh, uh, Ikuhara's. I guess it's one of his biggest influences from Japan. Uh, director Osamu Dezaki, who did like he did the Japanese. He did Ashita no Joe and um, Space uh, Adventure Cobra and like um, fucking uh, Rose of Versailles and uh, fucking Onisama and shit like that. Um, and uh, Utena takes the like people all people compare it to Rose of Versailles a lot, but he's like, you guys are dumb. That <laughs> like straight up interviews. He's like, people talk about Rose of Versailles and all the time about how similar, how much influence for it. He said like, bro, have you guys even seen Rose of Versailles? It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I think the most obvious visual influence you can see is just a lot of time, like the the OP for Dear Brother or Oni 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 Sama Eh is like the the like like a uh, victorian outfits people with like the they're in the chariots or whatever and you have like deep people with detailed and colored clothing but everything else is monochrome including like their face so you have like the people the people in the chariots are all like like shadows but their clothes and their like hair are colored and that's a very common like visuals uh thing in utena as well as like the images of like people like you know normally colored but their faces are like in their skin it's like it's like like shadowed out basically um mm-hmm. yeah uh so like in shisho kobayashi worked with him a lot and so he did all the he did the backgrounds for um utena and then art design for the movie um and he's incredible he did the backgrounds for the berserk 97 show and which are gorgeous and he did uh, art design for Angel's Egg, I think, um, which is amazing looking. He's incredibly talented, fucking um, 
Or oh. he, he, he worked on, on Utena. One, sorry, one final thing, because this is, I was like, oh, this is a character we didn't talk about, like, with the exception of, like, one small bit. When, because I know at first you wouldn't have liked her, oh, but, not, you know, as a writing standpoint, but, like, as a, like, character, because she gives off some Gasai Yuno vibes from yeah. Future Diary. But when Ringo. was your turnaround on Ringo? Um, hmm. I have to think of the specific moment, because she does some, like, whack shit in the first half of that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was probably the moment was, like, when she's at the house, like, the, the sort of the aquarium, and she sees, like, the dad with his kid. She has that flashback about, like, her parents splitting up. And like the seeing his seeing her dad with his new with wife, family. yeah. Um, I remember that. I remember that scene being really good, and also uh, the sequence with Shoma. Um, I think I forget what had just happened, but it was like they're in the snow or whatever. I remember that scene being pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, and really, really, I just I I liked Ringo. The, the whole thing like the episode where she's trying to uh get tabuki to kiss her where they're at the, oh, yeah. the park or that episode being pretty fun um that was a fun one yeah yeah so like, I I, like... she's she's a creeper she's <laughs> a, a perverted stalker bitch <laughs> making little uh little nests under uh his bed under his yeah room. Like, oh, yeah, this uh, it's right under here is where he's sleeping. Good night. Yeah, and she had a fucking cutout of his body right above, yeah. like, where he, right up, like, under where he sleeps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, when I saw this, I, like, I instantly got Yuno vibes, except, you know, she wouldn't jump to murder. Yeah, she's, so, not, like, she, she's not Yandere, she's a stalker. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know how Skylar would feel about her. But then she she definitely comes around, but I was like, I wouldn't Yeah. Wait he jumped from her because it's like the 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 whole deal with her just like being a stalker thing is based off of her trauma about like her sister trying to like come to grips with that and be like this sucks why was trying to there? become her sister yeah it was you know it was, it's 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 sad also how did you feel about yuri by the way i feel like yuri flashback episodes were really good uh so at first i was like yuri's whatever because you know you you don't have anything for her. You just yeah. know she's the not the, romantic the rival because she already yeah. won. Yeah. Um. But then you get to her episode, which is fucked up. Yeah. I didn't is. like it. No. Well, not that I didn't like it. It's a great episode. But, but it makes you makes you feel bad. Feel yeah, bad. I, no child should be like at the risk of death because her father's like she's like oh Papa only likes beautiful things. You're fucking ugly. <laughs> Your mother was ugly. But I can yeah, make I you beautiful. Have to, I, have to, I have to fix you. Yeah, and then she has a broken arm, and then like she starts to make a friend, and she goes back to her dad. Oh, you came home late. Did you make a friend? Was she nice? Then you can't trust her. I'm like, no, stop. You I don't to, like this. Please, please. And then sir, like, I ask you, please stop. And then mom, because like, let me just stop this shit right now. Boom, Tokyo Tower is now here. Yeah. And she almost dies because she because yeah. of the thing, yeah. Pretty big curse. Yep. Not curse. Pretty big, uh, you know, fate change right there. 
I remember that the image. I fucking love that too of being like the for Yuri. It's always like Tokyo is like this thing that like dominates like the skyline is something that dominates her life. So like before it was her father's like. Ha- was that his house? Did he live in that? I think so. That giant statue. Yeah, the giant statue of David. That's also a like monolithic structure, mega structure that people <laughs> that live in. Shit, why is it so big? <laughs> it's, there's amazing scenes. They're at like the fucking park, and it is like you see like the foot in the background. And it is like dwarfing the entirety of Tokyo. It's like this fucking yeah. It's like it's literally it's, it's like preposterous how large it is. Um, and it's like this big monument to beauty, basically, right? And perfection. Yeah, like perfect human form or whatever, and then you know they disappears when Momomoko gets rid of her dad, and instead the city is like the like the skyline is now dominated by this like forever um, remembrance of what Momoka sacrificed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. I like that. Okay. Uh, any other any other questions or? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, we think we tried to wrap up a bit before, and then we were all we're back into it. Uh. Things kept yeah. coming up because I was like, I because I remember like we've had spoiler casts before, like yeah. example being the Hunter Hunter spoiler cast, where it's like <laughs> a lot of that was dominated by Kamara and talk, and there yeah. was characters and stuff and moments that I liked that I realized we didn't even bring up. So yeah, I like wanted I said, to make I sure. To, I think a chance to talk about all the all the EDs. There's so many of them. There's there's seven EDs and there's only twenty four episodes. Yeah. Um, and they're all fantastic, and they're all performed by a real band that I forget the name of. Like they're all songs from a real band, but I forgot the name of the band. Um, except for the first ED. The first ED is original is an original track by a uh, Coltar of the Deepers, but everything all the other ones, all the songs that are performed by Triple H. Or Double H, I guess. I love Double H. That's probably one of my favorite parts of Episode Nine is when you yeah. find out this because I you had no reference to them. They were just idle girls who showed up on the subway, on the subway. thing, and then you found out no, they were actually Triple H and they had a giant nose and married Stephanie McMahon. But then, like bad times happened to one of them and they became Double H. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So you have like the the the, the that shit right. Um. And so all, all the EDs are great. Uh, they're all storyboarded and solo key. And, well, there's actually there's, there's no animation in any of them. So, they're, but they're uh, the art is all done by uh, a key director slash key animator slash director Shoko Nakamura, who is cool as fuck. Uh, I really like her work. She also she also storyboarded the transformation sequence um, from Penguin Drum also. Uh, and so she's super talented. And I the, the art book that I got is like full of her work, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get it. Um uh, so yeah, there's her. Um really really I'm just at this point where it's like the show is just really like special to me. I think the reason why it's so like it just hits like it's so um like it's it sticks with me so much why it's so high in my like list of favorite things that exist. It's just like the overall message of you know, like love being about not just sacrifice, but also like it's like it's work that both people outside have to put in. And it's just overall like positive message of like, you know, love, love itself being just uh, like enough to get people through 
basically. Mm-hmm. Lo- lo- love can love can save a person. Love can fix problems. Essentially, I think that it's it's very positive. It's a very uplifting message that the show has, and like despite like you know major issues, major horrible things that may happen to you, that in the end that just being there for somebody is is enough to uh to to fix it in the end i guess mm-hmm. uh, and i think that that that's I, don't know, I i buy into that i guess so i like it okay well with that all being said thank you guys for anyone who's still here listening this is the end of this weekly dadcast uh i guess we'll be seeing you again next week not me i'll be attending a wedding so skyler will be probably here with james okay so, i'm sorry yeah well, I it'll be another uh, weekly sad cast with James another, next week. Is that is that what's gonna be? So when James isn't there, it's the Shin Dad cast. But when yeah. it's just you and him, it's the sad cast. The sad cast, yeah. Okay, well, and then I, I get to I, I get to be his counselor live <laughs> on air. Yeah, that last one was rough. I saw. I listened to that because <laughs> of a, a certain thing James needed to cut out. That I well, did. I, he, did he cut it out? Thing. Coward. I don't know if he did because I listened to the full thing and he's like, this is a three and a half hour podcast. Fuck me. All right. Well, I just got to listen to this one thing that he cuts out. I don't know where he'll say it. Hopefully it won't be too far back. Out of three hours. Uh, at the very end of the podcast. Three hours and 14 minutes is when it was. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. This is, oh my God. It, 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 it really be like that sometimes. Like, like, yeah. like there, there's times whenever I'm on like Danburu, I'm trying to find a very specific piece of art because I don't, I have, I don't have it saved for whatever reason, and it's always on like the last fucking page of the <laughs> of the thing. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us on the Dadcast. Look forward to the next Dadcast. Um, and have a good day slash night. Yeah. <laughs>